episode 34 of the All Around Podcast. I think it's been three weeks uh, since we last did one. Too long. But, yeah. Um, but did you uh, – well, we saw a lot of movies, but um, I saw King of Staten Island and Soul last night. Oh, okay. So what did you think of King of Staten Island? Uh it was, I mean, there were funny parts. I mean, the thing is, I'll give Judd Apatow credit for, like, I think in each of his movies, like, I've legitimately, like, laughed out loud multiple times at, like, certain scenes. Um, but, you know, it's like two hours and ten minutes, and it's fine. Like, the main reason I watched it was because, you know, old Billy Ballbags is in it. Um, it, but he's hilarious. He, like he is really funny. He's he's good in it. He's basically pa- playing himself. But like he has one scene where he's kind of, it's he's not doing his routine necessarily. But like the way he's just like ah you moron or you know you're raising that animal over there. Like he's doing all that. So, but like it's fine. My biggest issue with it is like. I mean, do you mind if I get into spoilers? I don't it's know. Fine. I'm it's not, on, I'm not gonna it's on HBO Max. No, I'm like, good. So, like, Pete Davidson, he's he's basically playing himself. He, you know, there are these things where he's like, yeah, I'm not all, like, I'm not all right up here, like, up there in his head and everything. And he's 24. He still lives with his mom, his who's played by Marissa Tomei. Uh, his younger sister just Aunt graduated May. from high school. Again. Yeah. His younger sister just graduated from high school. She's off to college. And his younger sister is played by Judd Apatow's daughter. She's like, are you going to be all right when I leave? And all this other stuff. So, like, he's basically just a bum. And he's always like, yeah, you know, I don't have my shit together or whatever. So when Bill Burr comes into the picture, he basically kind of helps Marissa Tomei's character push him out of the house. Is like, yeah, you need to get your own place or whatever. And he, of course, is going crazy about it because, like... His dad, because it's kind of semi-biographical about Pete Davidson, his dad was a firefighter who died on the job, and Bill Burr's a firefighter, and so he feels like Bill Burr's trying to take his dad's place and all this other stuff. But, like, there's no real forward momentum about him, like, getting on with life, other than, like, this girl that he's with that he kind of casually sleeps with on and off, but she wants... she wants more of a relationship with him, but he's not, he doesn't want to commit, which is like, really? It's, okay. It sounds like failure to launch, but go ahead. No, so, it, but nothing like really happens like where it's like, okay, he's taking ownership of his life. Like he never like gets an apartment. He never, he like waits or he's a bus boy at a restaurant, but there's no real form of momentum other than he, at the end, he commits to a relationship with the girl that's really about it and it's like i just i why why should i root for this guy there's really no reason to root for him okay um in my from my point of view but it's funny i mean there are funny parts to it but it's like i don't feel the need to root for. is there is there a is there a character arc there with pete davidson yeah um I mean, in terms of his relationship with the girl, yeah, but... Does, does he grow up or no? Not really. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just does, like, he, like, 
No, because that's the thing. Like, there is this thing where, you know, he doesn't like he's a tattoo artist, and like toward the end, toward the end, it's like, oh, like he he really has a future in this. He's really good, and it's like, what? Because at the beginning, it's like his work is mad inconsistent. Like it's just really inconsistent. And then he practices on Bill Burr's back when they're drunk. And it's like he's, and then everything that comes out on his back is like really good. Um, so, like Steve Buscemi, I'll say, is very good in it, like as one of the firefighters, like really good because he kind of tells Pete Davidson about his dad mm-hmm. and it, and all this stuff. He's really good, but like, yeah, there's really not much of a character arc. Like, he starts to take accountability for some of his actions, which is like okay, cool, but. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I don't feel the need to reform. It's not like in Knocked Up. Like in Knocked Up, Seth Rogen's character is this slacker guy, but he does own up to being a father, right? Like he was there every step of the way. Like that was his arc. And mm-hmm. then at the end, he's like driving 12 miles per hour down the highway because he's scared the baby's gonna get hurt. Like, oh no, I get that it. is Been yeah, there. that's not this at all. Like there is not an arc like that. So. I guess if I'm going to relate it to another Judd Apatow movie, like, yeah, it doesn't really compare. Um, but, you know. Uh, but Soul, I really like Soul. Uh, I think them having a New York Knicks joke and them playing Subterranean Homesick Blues was, mm-hmm. like, great. Uh, I could call it from the beginning, though. I knew that Tina Fey's character, like, when she initially tries to take uh, Joe Gardner, Jimmy Fox's character, like, all right, you're done. You tried your best, whatever. And then when she sees, like, his life and him playing and she realizes he's not the Bjorn Bjorgensen guy uh, and she's kind of intrigued, I'm like, okay, she's going to want to live a life and she's going she's gonna to go. And I'm like, yeah, and I called it from the beginning. It was, it was pretty predictable that way. It wasn't any less effective. I think it was still emotional. It's a pretty small movie compared to like Inside Out. Like Inside Out took you like Inside Out seemed so big, and this one seemed a lot smaller, which I think was really good. But um, so but yeah. it's not it's not an original thought, but um, because I saw Wonder Woman and Soul in the same day. Oh, um oh we'll talk about one yeah i'm sure we will so so while there were large visual things that would probably look good on a big, big screen, screen it is a small personal movie and yeah. i wonder if um there's a part of me that thinks this is likely more effective on a platform like Disney plus. Um, I don't know how great it would be in the theater because it is very small. Um, also, I don't know how kids attach to it at all. I don't know either. I mean, this is, I get it with inside out because you're dealing with emotions like happy, sad. Yeah. But can latch onto that pretty quick. This one. I'm like, I, you know, no, I don't I, know how kids. I well, I know that your nephew was sort of there at the beginning, but not really because it's it's heavier stuff, and that's I mean, 
Pixar, Pixar has of, done really well with making movies that appeal to both grown-ups and kids and Inside Out I guess does it better than Soul but Soul not really and the, the big one is like Finding Nemo I feel like that is in like Toy Story outside of Toy Story I feel like the Nemo where it's like you get both kids and adults oh I think I would think the cars probably has some appeal there cars is a sack of shit but anyways go ahead I think cars there's enough there to appeal to adults just because I'm saying like on a profound level but I I I don't think kids are gonna I don't think kids are going to so you're talking about profundity for adults because Kids aren't looking for anything profound. They, they couldn't recognize profound if it punched them in the face. I mean, <laughs> How old of a kid? I mean, I'm not talking about like three-year-olds. I'm talking like eight, nine, ten, like year old kids, you know? Right, but, you know, uh, let's, use, let's use your nephew. Loved He's ca- three! Hold on. Loved Cars 3. Oh, Cars God. 3 for adults is fine. It's not. It's not profound. It has some moments. He's three years old. I understand. I, I just said. I'm I understand, though. Him. But, but I'm just saying, if you're, if that's a movie that's a, on a scale of one to ten for kids, that's damn near a ten, insofar as they're they're with digging it. As and for adults, it's a seven. Um, I think that if if Soul is at nine ten, for kids, I think it's a three four. I don't think it's that. It's not going to be that that's um, what i was saying I appealing mean, that, right that's exactly yeah but right. um you know them having like graham norton play uh one of like the soul catchers or whatever i'm like wow that's interesting uh because graham norton kind of has this he has this very uh small but loyal following in the states um right which, which is like okay like I knew Graham Norton. I'm like, wow, Graham Norton's in this. I, That's cool. I did I don't not. Know how many I, other people? I, I, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. I, I don't know how many other people were like, oh, that's Graham Norton. It's like, okay. I mean, cool. I think it's cool. But, uh, you know, yeah, like the, you know, Jamie Foxx was fine. I feel like half his lines were just him yelling 22. 22! <laughs> like, okay. Um, it did. It, it did not hit the emotional. Um, it did not have the emotional weight that Inside Out had. Not it, a lot of movies do. Well, I mean, but, but 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 that's li- a high effing bar. But likely that's because you're not sitting in a movie theater and you are singularly focused on it. Um, but I, I think it's fine. I think for Disney Plus. I think it's almost like a perfect picture for Disney Plus because of the smallness of it. Um, I, I wonder, I, I really do wonder how well it would do in theaters. It would do fine. It would do well because of the Pixar or whatever, but it would have like fallen after its first weekend. Because like kids, there'd be no, there's no hot to, kid, no, no kids like, are going to be hot to see Soul. None. Zero. It would have been, so like it costs like $150 million. It probably would have hovered around like four hundred million dollars. Oh, I don't even know if it would have done that. I th- if there was no other comp, like if 
if they release this in a November window where the only real competition is like Oscar Beatty type movies, yeah, I think it would have done because what would have happened was would have had a big opening weekend of like 80 to 90 million, whatever it does overseas. I'm saying 400 million worldwide. I'm not saying domestic. I know you like to talk about domestic all the time, but like it would have opened 80 to 90 million, probably domestic, and it would have fell hard. And right when it's like tailing off, it gets nominated for, you know, a whole bunch of awards. And then January, when all the shit comes out, people are seeing Soul again. And it kind of makes that last 50 million or so that it probably wouldn't have normally made. But I mean, the thing was, I didn't think Inside Out was going to make a ton of money. Inside Out, do you know how much Inside Out made worldwide? You had no idea. Did it break a billion? Yeah, well, no. It was like 992 or something, right? It was something. No, it was like 870. And I thought, when we saw that, I'm like, there's no way in hell this makes more than like $500 million. Just because it was so, like, I just didn't think it was going to appeal like that. Like, I didn't think that movie was going to make more than basically every other Pixar movie not called Toy Story. Cause, and that's what it did. So, uh, wait. And Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo made almost a billion dollars. But, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Uh so um but yeah i did i really liked it uh hopefully p doctor can make something a little more you know happy go lucky <laughs> next time uh also them and i kind of when i was watching this when he gets the second chance at the end i'm like come on like i really thought p doctor was like nope you're dead I'm like sorry but but no they gave him a second chance. so like, so, right. so the one thing the one thing i saw was you never really got 22's backstory um like what do you mean well was she ever a person was she ever like no. a living soul or she was always just a she was always just there and then she would have her mentors but then all her mentors failed like because she was like yeah whatever not in meh whatever not interested and that's why they all those cutaways of like you know, at like uh, Abraham Lincoln and Mother Teresa just not liking her or whatever. Um, so that okay. was pretty much her backstory. But all right, you want to talk about Wonder Woman? Well, before we get into Wonder Woman, <laughs> I yes. also saw Freaky, which was the Vince Vaughn serial killer uh, Freaky Friday movie. Yeah, that was the happiest season on Hulu. So Freaky was really good. Don't. I, I mean, maybe I need to see it like one more time because there are some pretty good jokes, but it's like one of those 90 minutes. Here's the concept. Here are a couple good, like gory kills. And here are a few funny, like really funny jokes. Uh, and then just subverting horror movie tropes as well. Um, solid movie. There's really not much else to it, but it is, I would say like, yeah, I would definitely like recommend anybody to watch that because it's, it's just see it once you're good to go uh okay um the thing is i just wonder because blumhouse does a lot of those back end things where you can make whatever i'm like man vince vaughn if this was released in a normal year could have made a killing because that movie cost six million dollars it would have made a hundred plus million oh sure just because uh yeah um i mean hell it made 15 million just in theaters and all that alone. I don't even know what it made in VOD. So, uh, and then I saw Happiest Season, which was on Hulu, which is like a Christmas 
rom-com uh oh my lesbian rom lesbian rom-com oh with Mackenzie davis from holton catch fire and Kristen stewart from twilight among other things and allison brie is in it mary steenbergen plays a mom whatever really yeah no way uh victor garber's the dad directed by uh, clea duvall you know who that is yeah, she's she was in the faculty and she was in other stuff. She was in um she was in Carnival and she was I think in Veep. She was Yeah, she yeah, she, she was, was the love interest of Julia Louis uh, daughter. daughter. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh but it was good. I actually liked it. Like it was it was a good it was solid. Uh Eugene Levy's son was in it playing the GBF of Kristen Stewart's character. Uh, he was he was funny. GBF? Gay best friend. Oh, okay. Well, this movie was really gay then. Oh, my God. Um, not as gay as Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, yeah, th- th- that is <laughs> supremely gay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but I really liked it. Like it, it was good. Aubrey Plaza plays a semi, plays a normal person. Like she's not playing herself, I guess. Okay. Uh, but um, no, it was it was solid because it kind of it was able to balance. Like the jokes weren't like these real slapsticky. Um, like just kind of like off the wall type stuff. Like it, it was very much within the story, um, and they were very kind of natural setups and payoffs. Uh, who else was in it? Yeah. So, do you remember in Veep, Jonah had like a girlfriend who just totally hated him, but she dated him because of like optics or whatever. Like always made fun of him. Did Vaguely. whatever. Yeah. This was before, like, his cousin or whatever. So she's in it, and she plays, like, the wacky sister. And she's also the co-writer of it. But, like, they do one of those things where it's like, yeah, as you go throughout the story, the wacky sister is the only one that really kind of has her shit together. Because okay. it's Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie, and the other, and the wacky sister. Like, they're all sisters. Um, but essentially, the whole point of it is Mackenzie Davis, Kristen Stewart, they're in a relationship. Mackenzie Davis invites Kristen Stewart to meet her parents. Her dad, Victor Garber's character, is like a politician. He's like a mayor or like a councilman or something. Mm-hmm. Or he's running for Congress or something like that. And But they don't know. She tells Kristen Stewart, yeah, so you're going to be my roommate because they, my parents don't know that I'm gay. Um, so it's about them kind of like hiding that or whatever. So, uh, And then Aubrey Plaza, you find out, well, you, you find this out early dated Mackenzie Davis's character in high school and when it got out that they were supposedly together uh Mackenzie Davis said what I'm not gay she's obsessed with me da, 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 da. it's about like handling all that um okay. but it was good it was it was I really liked it I really liked it speaking of uh Eugene Levy's son Dan Levy I've been watching Shit's Creek on Netflix is that is, that, uh, is is it all that um it is good but it is not fantastic. Well, but now, I, I understand I hear, that season one is sort of like, ah, but it picks up. Yeah, it definitely picks up. Like season, give it like, you have to give it three to four episodes to kind of be like, okay, this is like the shtick of the show. You get into it. Yeah. And then like seasons 
everything I hear is like the last season is like um like gargantuanly awesome. It, you know, the last season has like a ninety six on Metacritic or something. Like what the hell? So uh, it's good. The whole aspect of it is like, what if the Kardashians lost all their money and they had to go, like they they were they were broke basically. Like, what would they do? Because they're essentially on a reality show. Cool, right? It's basically like them kind of becoming more empathetic, uh, hardworking humans over the course of the show. Uh, and them kind of uh, building actual like real relationships with people. Um, okay, so so that's yeah, so that's something I read is that much of the appeal of Ted Lasso, the wholesomeness of the show, um, sort of manifests itself. This growing wholesomeness manifests itself as Shit's Creek. Um. um... I mean, I guess I don't see the wholesomeness right now. Well, I, I mean, as, it's, as, it's as I understand super... it, as I understand it, gets there. So. Okay, yeah, I would say it's not it's not incredibly cynical, but it's. I mean, Chris Elliott as the mayor playing Roland shit, he's pretty. He's pretty awesome. Like his, because Eugene Levy's like the straight man in everything. Well, of course, that's, uh, then that's him. Yeah, uh, and then Catherine O'Hara is so over the top, like. It's it borders on annoying sometimes. Okay. But anyways, uh, but yeah, so I've been watching that. It's pretty good. All right, so now now we can get to Wonder Woman. Yes. Um. So, watched Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, and it's 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 not a good movie. I it's I. The it, more I think about it, the more it's like, I the more I. I, I ask myself, I'm not going to say how did it get made. I know it got made. But... No one said, uh, like, there's a problem with this. This doesn't make sense. Or how do people say, oh, no, yeah, that's cool. That's good. We're good. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think we need to get into um, – well, well, we could. I, I mean, there are – No, no horrendous... we're, we're getting into it. Okay, so, yeah. so, so just from a plotting – I mean, because we could talk about the micro in the movie that are problems, but then from that we can go into sort of the bigger. If you just look at the micro in the movie, they are things that it seems to try to be, but it isn't. It utterly and, fails. Yeah, and, and the, one of the biggest things is you think Wonder Woman 1984, and it was like, okay, we're going to lean hard because of this nostalgia craze that has taken place over the last handful of years. Well, but even before that, but yeah, certainly stranger things being the kind of prime example of the catalyst, right? People grasping for this nostalgia aspect. And so, yes, they have this mall scene and that plays very Amblin. Well, that, that, that is right after this meaningless, interminable opening scene that really had really no, like no it, for being it had the... no it had right because she cheated theoretically no, yeah and ex- like, i said this from the like as soon as that scene it wasn't that scene when i knew this is this isn't gonna be very good but i'm saying okay this is gonna be predictable it has to do with lies and all this other stuff and uh the second scene the mall scene was when i'm like oh shit is this right what this and so so, be? so so that was very um so, but it's in a mall 
and the 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 people the bad guys in that scene it's like what sense is there it's like you're trying to were they robbing a jewelry store i think is that what they were doing yeah they were robbing a jewelry store and, and and then so what they end up doing is taking some girl and threatening to drop her and i'm like well one guy and then all the other guys are like dude what are you doing um, but, which actually but, I actually kind of like that part because like that, that actually played kind of real but her whole thing of like the wink to the she throws the girl and the girl hits a big teddy bear and so because she doesn't get hurt and then she's holding Wonder Woman's holding the guy by the ankle and she like does the shh with her like finger to her lips and winks at her and she, the girl like nods and smiles I'm like what what well but but Okay, I, I mean, yeah, you could get that micro, but I'm just going to say, so it's an 80s thing, and they show them all, and kind of after that, except for um, uh, Chris Pine's uh, little uh, wardrobe scene. I love that scene. I don't care but, what anybody says. No, except for that, there's really nothing 80s about it. I mean, you know... You look uh, at the, Kristen Wiig going to lift in her little outfit. Sort of. But there's no, nothing no that Gal Gadot there's nothing that Gal Gadot wears throughout this. It is so 2020. Um, the white dress she's rocking. There's nothing 80s about that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, she has like rolled up uh, sports jacket sleeves in one scene, but that's about it. But like um, the, it's, oh my God, it's just, there's, there's, there's so much where, but there are no like 80 songs in the movie as well. I don't know if you picked up on that. No. Like, there's no 80 songs no. in the soundtrack. No. And, uh, but also just the plot, like the plot device of having, we're going to have all this revolve around wishes. Okay. This isn't Aladdin, all right? And, like, first of all, you have to have rules. Like, you have, if you're going to do, like, wishes, all right, you have to have rules in place so that when you put the parameters out, you have a clear delineation so your audience is in the loop. What the hell? So, clearly, she wishes for Steve to come back. But Steve inhabits the, the body of, like, another guy. Like, his soul is in, like, a, a real guy. And then a whole bunch of people had questions about because they slept together and they put this guy in danger and consent and all that. <laughs> Did Wonder Woman rape a dude? And I thought that was like, hey, you know, it's pretty funny. But uh, I mean, ra- okay, first of all, rape isn't funny. Rape is funny. I'm say- no, rape is not funny. But the idea that people were losing their shit over the fact that a fictional character inhabited the soul of another fictional character in which a fictional superhero slept with that character and people were like, did she rape him? I think that situation is funny. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, like, so there's that. Uh, Kristen Wiig essentially uses a wish and threatens, like, the end of the world because she wants to look pretty. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Like, as much as Patty Jenkins, Gallagher in the first movie was like feminine, uh, power, feminist message, all this stuff. It is about Here's that. Here's what but, I'm saying. You know. No, no, no. I'm not saying they were like pushing that to the point where people got annoyed with that. I'm not saying that. 
But a lot of the Wonder Woman push in the success is like, there's always the whole, yes, you know, women, female-led action movies or female-led movies can be successful, da 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 And, you know, and that's great. But it's like, literally her wish, Kristen Wiig's wish at the beginning of the movie is she wanted to be more like Diana. She did not know about Diana's powers. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to be pretty and have men look at her. And as soon as that happened, she was kissing all over Pe- Pedro Pascal's character because finally someone wanted her. That's literally what it was. And, um, you know, then she becomes an asshole as a result of that. Like, yeah, a guy tries to attack her in the park and Diana saves her. Then she walks past the guy and just completely fucks him up. And then tells, like, the homeless guy she has a nice little, uh, you know, back and forth with, like, to mind his business. And, and, you know, uh, so... I guess the message is, you know, when you're pretty, you just become a vain asshole. So there you go. Um, But so Gal Gadot, there's also like Gal Gadot wishes for Steve back. And when Steve real, when they realize the whole wish thing, when you wish for something and you get it, the, the dream stone or whatever, takes something away from you. And like Diana's like, but it's not fair. Like why? Oh, what? And it's like, really? Like, this is the character? She couldn't find another guy? In You've the been alive for 5,000 fucking years? And you're yeah. bitching and moaning about... Um, right. I, I, mean, I mean, about life isn't... Fi- no kidding. No kidding. No, and you fell in is- love with dude. You fell in love with dude. And you sort of spent time about what? A month with him? Pretty much? In the first I movie? Mean- maybe? Steve must have been laying some serious wood and, for her. And a like. month. A month. Okay? And then... And right. And and frankly, probably only like sort of together for what? A, a week and a half or something? Right. And then I mean, you're never gonna... You will never forget him. You've been alive for 5,000 years. And she was even talking about in the first movie, it's like, you know, men aren't necessary for pleasure, but they're necessary for procreation. So it's like, you were fooling around with any other chicks before then? (laughs) You read the... No! She's... I'm not... That's not me. She said that in the first movie about how, like... And that's why everybody was like, ooh, like, Wonder Woman, kind of subversive. And it's like, so you basically insinuate that that you've probably been with chicks because men aren't necessary for pleasure, right? So, like, if there's that, but on a serious note, there were two ways they could have fixed her kind of whiny bullshit type stuff. Number one, she could have used the Dreamstone to go back to her homeland, Themyscira, that she couldn't go back to once she left. That would have been way better. Way better. Because she, that is like her community she's finally going back to, but she has to leave a place she hasn't seen in 70 years where her family is uh because of the stone so there's that also if they if they stick so sticking with her wishing back for steve trevor if it was her saying herself saying steve i have to let you go like this isn't whatever if it was her doing that instead of steve basically doing the whole you can save tomorrow bullshit again i would have been fine with that it wouldn't have been great it wouldn't have been perfect but it would have been a hell of a lot better than her complaining about all the other stuff. Um, also, the plane thing. 
You go to the Smithsonian, there's a plane gassed up, ready for you to go. Chris Pine somehow knows how to fly a fighter jet, really. And you're going to go to Egypt from Washington, D.C. in a fighter jet in one night. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Also, like, people had a problem with her doing the invisible the invisible thing. I, I mean, I, I really didn't care about that. She did it. It's whatever. Um, uh, the Maxwell Lord stuff. Um, well, I mean, oh, yeah. well, I, I mean, I mean, you can, I, you can get micro. I'll, I'll get. I can get macro. So, so whenever you're done, because okay. So, so here, a whole whole host of things. the The wishing stone is Warner Brother. the The wishing stone in this movie is a is frankly what uh wh- where Wonder Woman wishes for Steve Trevor to come back. Um as part of this movie, Patty Jenkins thought that by bringing Chris Pine back to play Steve Trevor, that that chemistry would magically fix whatever the problems are that might be with the script, which are numerous, like beyond belief uh, that there are so many problems with it. Guess Mm -hmm. what? It didn't work. Um, When you hire, when you hire one of the, like the guy who wrote Expendables and Expendables 2 and co-wrote Expendables 3, that's what's going to happen. But anyways, So, um, what, you mean Patty Jenkins? I thought Patty Jenkins wrote this movie. She co-wrote it, but she brought on Dave Callahan or Callahan or whatever. And so Warner Warner Brothers, um, Warner Brothers, uh, had success with Wonder Woman, sort of the one of the DC movies that you know widely was considered good of all of the DC movies, and so up they to said, point. Up "Yeah, up point, to that point." Shaz- so Shazam, they're going to push. Shazam was the other one, right, right, right. But I mean, certainly of the big four or whatever, um, right? They said, "Okay, we're going to push all our chips in with Patty Jenkins." Yeah, and 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 Patty, we're going to throw it to you. Do whatever the hell you want. So she comes up with this script that is nonsensical, yet in the midst of it, she says, okay, b- because this the story itself doesn't make any sense. Really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't make any sense. I mean, no. dude, the, the, um, the, the oil guy, he somehow Max raised well, a whole... Lord. Yeah, he somehow raised a whole bunch of oil to build wells all over America that anyone with an ounce of gray matter in their head would know there ain't no oil anywhere. Yet he's a quote unquote genius because he's talked people into it. And, and, and clearly that's and so it becomes this sort of, you know, story about truth. And so here's Patty Jenkins basically saying, OK, I'm going to write this story. It's going to be 84 um you know which it, pr- it doesn't need to be 1984 at all right pretty clear that uh um the 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 uh, maxwell whatever what's his name maxwell smart maxwell lord okay maxwell, maxwell lord smart, is oh the real name don't you love the drop where they say lorizano to basically cover up for the fact that pedro pascal is a chilean actor oh <laughs> that can't okay. really hide his accent yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, 
Um, but 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 clearly it's okay. Let's let's try to stick it to Donald Trump because it's pretty clear that he's which, a Donald Trump analog. Which um, I didn't pick up on at you all. You didn't pick up I, on it at all. You've got to be kidding. It. No, I just the hair. He's Chilean, like the wh- hair. That, no, I just didn't. Okay, I mean, I wow. Don't think Donald Trump as no, 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 no. But then hold on, hold on. But then it's um you get somehow Wonder Woman at the end of the movie just does some convinces the world to give up on their wish because oh, yeah. of the truth and the truth is tough and it basically exposing Trump to the truth is sort of his uh, kryptonite which which is the, the not so subtle like uh, you know okay okay Patty we get it but uh, I mean heavy handed well don't you love like uh, the people are like, really? No one wished for world peace. Like, no one wished for world peace. What about the people that wished for like their kids' cancer to go away? Oh, yep. Gotta gotta take that away. Gotta. It's like it's just there are two. Like, look, there are gonna be inconsistencies in a lot of comic book films because it's a comic book film. But if you make your own internal logic and the internal logic makes sense, people will play along. That's why some suspension of disbelief yeah, yeah, but, exists. But, but this it, is fucking is ridiculous. A, and, it's, and, and the technology that supposedly where he's talking to everyone over this satellite thing is straight out of um, Batman Forever where Jim Carrey is the Riddler has that thing on his brain that he's just I haven't, taking I haven't seen Batman Forever. Oh my god. Well, I mean when when he plays the Riddler, he has some machine that he's able to sort of suck people's like brain power or something like that out of uh out of uh literally out of the house over the television into his head and I'm like really? I mean I mean Batman that Joel Schumacher Batman stuff is in is intentionally cartoonish shit. Um, and, and I'll emphasize the word shit. Um, <laughs> this, though, you're trying to be somewhat serious. And here's Gal Gadot at the end that is just saying words and... Upon okay, words, about, upon about, words. About the truth and the truth hurts and this and that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, well, like... And then... And then, and then there's other things like, uh, you know, you pretty much broke the continuum of the larger DC movie universe. Yeah, because she like she flies, but she doesn't fly in Batman v Superman or Justice League. But she flies in this, and it's like, where was that? That could have come in handy when you're fighting Doomsday. Well, or or, and I'm not the first one to say this. Um, at one point in uh, Justice League or Batman versus Superman, Batman tells her. Well, you disappeared a hundred years ago, and I'm like, you disappeared a hundred years ago. Assuming this is World War One, really? So what went down in 1984 when she pretty much broadcasted to the world to yeah. rely on the truth and give up your wish? You disappeared a hundred? Really? Yeah, I think I think that shit is broke. I mean, definitely broke that one. You you were far from you were far from disappeared at that point. I, the other thing, the the thing that gets me here though is. This is so bad. Like the script was so bad and the story was so bad. And yeah, it's Wonder Woman. There's a lot of sort of push from the movie studio behind it. But it this is this is pretty bad. 
And you've got kind of heavyweight actors, you know. This um, was, you know, this was like, I'm surprised it took this long, but it's like, man, Gal Gadot, yeah, she's not a very good actress. Like, it's so clear in this movie. Like, in the first one, a lot of it is her playing fish out of water, and Chris Pine is just is just carrying her. Well, but one, but but like, she was much more she was much more endearing, charming in the first one because she was the fish out of water, right? Um, and and so combine the sort of fish out of water, and and the fact that she's well, she's fucking Gal Gadot. I mean, let's get real. Um, th- then yes, I, doesn't do certainly. anything for her acting chops. No, I'm no, I, I I get it, but in this, it's like okay, she's it's pretty flat. And it, like then, like, if every... I was if I was um, is it Denis Villeneuve? Who's the guy? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah, what what a Charlie Villeneuve. Whatever. Yukon's uh, finest. I see you, Richard. Um, oh, God. um, if I would be screaming pissed because if Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins got their maxed out bonus for this thing. That's just garbage. If Dune is half good and they're sort of like, yeah, tough shit. Hey, things are hard right now. Man, I'd be fucking pissed because this is just, this is just bad. But, 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 but the thing is, is, uh, the thing is, is, uh, you got people that are attached to this and they're like, y'all don't recognize how this is pretty terrible. I, I, I'm assuming there were some reshoots. But I'm like, okay, Chris and Wig, you're you've been in a few movies, you know, good from bad. I guess you know this was her she, opportunity. Chris and Wig's to been in very good movies, but she right, and it's like, come on, you, come on. I mean, and, and her and her playing that that role. I mean, it, it is sort of weirdly um, the superhero movies are going to have somewhat tropey characters in it. But the tropiness of this, the characters in this movie harken back to like Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I'm not talking about Electro, yeah. but I just mean every sort of character in it is pretty stock. And it can be, and, and it's just sort of like, okay, here's, I mean, it's pretty clear. It's like this, she couldn't be more Electro in this um, from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And, well, and I'm just kind of, and, and, and what's her fucking motive? I I just yeah, it's just bad. You can, and you and, can make and the this lack movie of without Cheetah, and it, it like you wouldn't miss anything. Cheetah does not need to be in this movie. But 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 you had to have. But but here's the deal: you had to have a couple fight scenes in it. Exactly. And and, but, and I did love the fact that uh, I I did find it uh, really interesting, and I really did like the fact that you had this former Israeli Defense Force soldier just taking out this sort of um arab strongman that has since said i'm taking over this country um during the first big uh, action scene I, I won't even count the mall thing as the action scene but when they are when she is driving on the obviously only road in egypt and right. happens to pass the car with uh yeah. <laughs> and it's but like that okay action scene is like you know, I don't know what the hell DC does with when they like when she's running, it like she's not bobbing up and down. It just looks like she's ice skating. 
And, you know, that's the thing. Like, when you watch, like, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, they're running. They they don't know how to do running. No. Like, they just slide. Like, if you watch Man of Steel and he's fighting Zod, it's like they just slide across the, uh, the, the ground. But it's like, if you watch Captain America Winter Soldier and toward in the climax when, uh, Falcon drops Cap on the, one of the, uh, helicarriers, like, you see Cap run, like, a good, like, 50 yards as the camera kind of zooms in on them. Like, there's just something tactile about that that people can Well, supposedly, but it's they so had the plastic and smooth like that. Like, well, people just check out. Well, supposedly, um, Marvel has them running on these sort of rugs that rotate almost on the set to make them run as compared to whatever they're doing here. I don't even know what they, what the stunt is. Yeah, or how they're yeah. doing it here. But but it's like there's people attached to this movie and they couldn't recognize it was sort of crap. And no, they couldn't because there's just so much heat behind it. And it's like, wow, this is a credible misfire. And, and, there's, and it's like, boy, I mean, the movie wasn't even out for a half an hour and Wonder Woman 3 is coming. Well, that's I, the I'm, thing. So they said they're going to fast track Wonder Woman 3 with Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. I'm like, yeah, fast track it to when? Who's, who's writing? Like, no, no, no. Who's no. Writing, but here's the thing. Who's writing the script? Hold on. You're fast tracking it. Are you fast tracking it to 2025? Because Patty Jenkins is signed, locked, and ready to go for Rogue Scott Squadron for Lucasfilm Disney. So, and that's coming out in 2023. Like, they got a release date for that thing. So, what the hell are you fast tracking? Uh. I'm like, I'm sure they want to fast track it just to get the bad taste out of people's mouths because it it's just... not what it's not coming until, um, it's not coming. Until I know. 2025. Well, here's be a report it's... on Deadline where some Walter Hamada, who's the DC Films guy, they just re-signed for some stupid reason. They just re-signed him uh, and extended his contract to like 2023. But it's like he's gonna come out and say. Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna have to delay it because we need to fully realize the vision of whatever. And it's like, go fuck yourself. You're full of shit. Well, like, it's here's the deal. They fast tracked it to the point of we have carved money. We have put it in the budget where there's going to be a chunk of money put towards it. That's what's yeah. been fast tracked. I mean, they, they it's. It's pretty fucking bad. And and Gal Gadot's going to be in Cleopatra or whatever, and it's like, okay, have fun with that. With Patty Jenkins directing. Yeah. Uh, Paramount. Well, well, or whatever whatever the bones of Paramount's going to be. Yeah. I mean. Well, uh, but, like, also, I want to mention about, like, Cheetah, Kristen Wiig, all that stuff. Like, when they're fighting in the White House and she comes like with that almost heavy metal jacket and she's got the mascara mm-hmm. and the eyeliner, mm-hmm. I'm like, wh- like what, what is this movie really trying to say? <laughs> you know, like, well, I just, I, I, I think it's she looks trying hotter to that... in each, cons- like con- in each, uh, yeah, and, she's, and she loves her some animal prints. Yeah. Like um, she's, isn't she essentially just, you know, she just aged into it. She'd become kooky cat lady. You know. Uh, two other things. I think uh, Maxwell Lord going around, like, taking people's congregations as if, like, they're going to pray to him and he's going to be God almost. 
Uh, also, you but, never see. His... But what was? But what was that? What was he getting out of it? Theoretically, he'd be getting life force out of it for what to be I... successful. I don't See, know. That's the thing. The script is just shit. It's like the one thing what? I loved is like, well, yeah, they did exemplify the eighties. I mean, look at all the nosebleeds Pedro Pascal. It's like he's been doing some coke, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. But also, like his son, like his son is only in there for that, like you know, scene at the end where they run across some field to each other. Well, that's he's the like thing. Is he basically name, is he basically like totally redeemed? Up. Is he basically totally redeemed at the end because he realized the error in his ways? Is that basically what happens? I I guess that's what you're supposed to think. Like what? But his son's like Asian, so I guess his ex-wife has to be Asian or something. You never see her, so I don't know. Um, Papillon Sousa. Papillon Sousa. What? Um, it's an actress from oh, okay. a very famous. It's an actress from one of the very famous 1980s Vietnam movies. And um, what platoon? No, uh, Full Metal Jacket. And this that is near the end. Out, of... I, that didn't come out in the eighties. Yes, it did. It came out in nineteen eighty-seven. Stanley Kubrick. And then um, 87, 86 or eighty-seven. I think it was eighty-seven. Right, whatever. And then, um, and so it's near the end of the movie where the soldiers, having left boot camp after Vince D'Onofrio offs Arlie Ermey's drill sergeant character. Uh, they are. They are. A few of the soldiers are walking around, and they come across uh, some ladies of the evening that are of that no. persuasion. And the actress who played, the actress who is one of the ladies of the evening, is named Papillon Sousa, who who had the probably the, the most famous non Arlie Ermy quote of the movie. Uh, me so horny. Me love you long time. Oh, that's where that. So that's gotcha. that's that actress anyway. Um, I, I hope the buildup was worth the payoff. So. No, it wasn't. Of uh, not. But all right, so we can story move, of my life. Move into, I guess, stories that have come out. Uh, first one I have it was Godzilla versus Kong is going to stick with theatrical and HBO Max release because uh, WB and Legendary are near a settlement. So Warner Brothers blocked a deal for Legendary to sell the film to Netflix for two hundred twenty-five million dollars. Warner Brothers is currently in talks with agents to compensate respective talent involved with the studio's movies. So, so they're going to have to give them like $150 million to basically show it on HBO Max on top of whatever split of some box office there'd be. Right. Probably, right? Mm-hmm. So now... Which is, that's what we said was going to happen. Well, so, we said that they're going to have to pay out like bonuses and stuff. So, so the, uh, I'll harken back a little bit to Wonder Woman. What also really hurts Wonder Woman, there's a good chance that, you know, if I go and see this on a big screen, some of these scenes probably look a lot better on a big screen. And because of that, I'd be, I'd, maybe I'd feel that the script is nonsensical. Just as Soul is probably a bet- it, it would just be shit and not fucking shit. Yeah, but because Soul is probably better on a TV, um, Wonder Woman is probably worse because it's on a TV, and Soul may not be as good on a big screen. Maybe Wonder Woman would just the experience of Wonder Woman with the rumbling seats whenever an explosion happens. Um, maybe that would look better know. on on a big I'll- screen. A lot of those DC effects are just shit. Like, well, I, I I know, but let's go now to Godzilla. Like if I if I saw King of the Monster, listen, the only redeeming thing about King of the Monsters are sort of the fight scenes. 
because the the fight scenes for what they are look great and especially on a big screen because you know when I mean I know, Ghidorah is like seven hundred feet tall or whatever. I can only um, imagine that scene where Godzilla goes like super nuclear. Yeah, he just I, becomes this just like, right. He just becomes holy this fire. shit. Right. So you're watching something. Like, that's not. I mean, that's not nuclear bomb. That is like nuclear, like just destruction on a on a uh, on a godly level of just right. ridiculousness. Right. But that that scene and the way it was shot with the sort of closeness and then it comes out with the vibrating, you know, the, with the THX sounds or whatever, the surround sound of the theater. Okay. We know it's, we know it's garbage, but at least being immersed in it makes it better garbage. Or as King Kong, I said, good garbage. This could be good garbage in a big theater. But if you're, unless you're one of the few people that have some just rocking sound system in your house, because my sound bar ain't shit. Um, you oh, could watch. You could what? So whose fault is that? Uh, me. Um, <laughs> but if if you were in a theater watching, um, Godzilla versus Kong, you'd probably be like, okay, it was fine, but it was fun. If you're sitting at home, you'd be like, okay, that sucked. And, oh, I, I mean, that's a I big think I'm risk. Indigestion. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, oh, I have a grudge. Against this movie. No, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I, I understand why they want to get a theatrical release because this would be fun to see in a movie theater. Even if it's bad, it would still be fun to see in a movie theater, even though, damn, you know, you know, I almost hope he's in it because who's in it? Bradley Whitford, because oh. I could, I could. Almost yeah, I know where you got that from. What? Bradley Whitford? <laughs> the whole, like, he plays three of the guys, like, three of the guys in one character, like, the smartass and the... I plays them all. <laughs> no, but I know where you got that from. I was listening to the Red Letter Media thing of Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm like, oh, that's where you got it. From. Godzilla King of the Monsters? Oh, no, I never saw it on that. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think I saw that review. But 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 I'm just saying that you could you be if Bradley Whitford is in this, um, in this one you could almost you could predict what he's going to say you could predict it completely. Um, I, I I don't know if he'll yeah he'll probably be in it. But um, uh, I gotta check. Um, but anyway, I don't think he's in it. So, wow. Okay. Go. So who's gonna be who's gonna be that character? Those characters. Uh, it looks like it's going to maybe Demian Bashir or sure. Brian Tyree Henry. Well, Brian Tyree Henry won't be that character. Uh, no, I, I I don't know who they are. So Brian Tyree Henry, he's Paperboy in Atlanta. Demian oh, Bashir. Okay. Damian Bashir was uh he played Bob in uh The Hateful Eight. Okay. Uh, his name his name wasn't really Bob, it was something else cuz he's like a bandit of some kind. He's been in other stuff. But um Aiza Gonzalez is in it. What the hell? Oh, is that the girl from uh Baby Driver? Okay. She's John Hamm's little piece in Baby Driver. Yep, yep. Gonzalez described her role as a very smart woman behind a company. What the 
Okay, whatever. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård is playing a geologist. That's 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 right on. Okay. Well, what kind of geologist has that much time to work on his abs? It's just to be honest. I don't know, but you know, it's Skarsgård probably... described his character as a reluctant hero who is not an alpha badass and thrown into this very dangerous situation, and is definitely not equipped for it. It's like so, who, who's the guy? In, who's the guy in Kong Skull Island? Uh, Tom Loki. Hiddleston. Yeah, I mean, he's but basically he, just... he played a soldier. It's different. Well, he wasn't a playing former. A no, no, he was a former soldier. He like had been one. He was like uh he was like a CIA been, sort of guy. Been had done that. Yeah, no, the soldier was Sam Jackson. <laughs> former, oh yeah, former British Special Air Service captain who served in the Vietnam War with the Australian Special Air Service Regiment. Hired as a hunter tracker for the expedition. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of like off the grid, and he's just—he's a guy with a certain special set of skills. Oh God! You know, um, combine that with a uh, anti-war photographer, and you know, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, they, also, Warner—they they, they better get this in theaters because if they don't. Uh, it could kill the franchise. It's coming to it's coming to theater. What's I know. The thing? Godzilla Kong, God, Kong, Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, probably lost money. No, I don't even think probably. It definitely lost money. So they're still moving forward with this because it was already in production. So you know, we'll see. Uh, Warner Media closing Hong Kong theatrical division Universal to release WB movies in the market. Anything? You want to say about that? Or wait, no. Warner Media, which, wait, wait, which? Closing oh. Hong Kong Theatrical Division Universal to release Warner Brothers movies in the market. I don't mean there's not really. Um, what Hong Kong's they, closed like three different Are they times, a tribute? Are, is that a perm? That's, that's temporary, right? Or is it permanent? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's permanent. <laughs> um, how much of that do you think has to do with just China just sort of slowly, you know, getting his tentacles in and essentially going to be taking it over. And they're just realizing that. Um, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just, it's just news. What's your, <laughs> what, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, Warner brothers probably doesn't have a lot of the cash that universal probably has. Uh, like, the thing is with Warner Brothers, I I think the film business you just got to pull in, you just got to, you can't have your resources, you can't be feeding um, your resources out during this time, um, and and Warner I think that, um, you know there's a, they're they're doing a wholesale change within the company and the, the Warner Brothers has to think what their theatrical arm. I think they're re-envisioning what is a theatrical arm going to look like where they're trying to, you know, really get HBO Max going hard. And yep. in order to do that, you know what, we can't be having overhead spread out all over the place. So we need to be smart with our resources. Uh, and I think that's, I think it's fine. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I've, it is probably financially smart and I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's going to risk much. Certainly, I mean, because they could always go back and open it up. And you know what? Until this coronavirus is squashed, um, you know why? Why have resources going out where you don't need to? So, 
Uh, next story, pretty big one. MGM taps two investment banks to explore a possible sale. Morgan Stanley and Lion Tree are the two banks. Uh, the MGM currently has a market value of $5.5 billion. Supposedly, they held exploratory talks with Apple years ago, which range from a streaming output deal to a full acquisition. Uh, they also they've acquired rights to a few movies. So like there's a Ridley Scott directed Gucci movie with Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto and Al Pacino. They have the rights to the next Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, Ron Howard directed Thai Cave Rescue movie called 13 Lives. Uh, the Ta-Nehisi Coates written movie, The Water yeah, Dancer. Water Dancer, yeah. Yeah, Pink Panther reboot. Yeah, Pink Panther reboot and another Creed sequel. Pink Panther reboot. So this would be the the third version of the Pink Panther now, right? Yep. Yeah, after the Steve Martin movies. Yeah. Is is the world asking for that? That they have IP. They're just they just want to use the IP. That's all but, it is. You know, the Pink Panther without Peter Sellers, just fucking forget it. I um. I don't know who buys them. You know, the articles talks about these SPACs and SPACs are the new hot thing. Um, I, um, y- you know, and, and frankly, that just means there's a lot of cash out there in the market and people just putting these vehicles together to just buy stuff. Um, I, I don't know where, you know, those are people that are looking to make money relatively quickly. And this is just, you know, if you're going to buy this, you better be in it for the long haul because movie business is going to be a tough business to make money in unless you have a streaming platform, in my opinion. And and you're not going to see direct benefit of it. Um, I uh, I don't know. I, I think I saw in the comments of that article someone wants Disney to buy them. I wouldn't do that. No. I, I don't know if App. I don't think Apple does it. I don't think they need to. Sony. No, Sony's not going to buy him. Sony, Sony's. I would submit to you, Sony's going to. Sony's the next one that's going to look to sell. Um, to who, or to whom? To whom? To to. Sony's not in a financial position to buy anyone, and until the theaters get opened, they do not have any sort of um, annuity stream of revenue that Comcast has. Um, that. Disney has that HBO Max, you know, Time Warner is trying to have, or AT&T, whatever the company is now. Um, they've all got multiple re- levers of revenue streams, and they've got streaming platforms that they are getting moving. They've got a plant. Sony just has IP, and they just make movies, and they need to get movies out there and they're not going to make Sony doesn't just make movies. Well, but, but Sony picture. Yeah. But they have a little thing called PlayStation that makes them a lot of money. Yeah. But you know what? So great. So PlayStation, go ahead and set up Sony's movie streaming network for 499. I'm just saying they make a lot of money, but go ahead. I think Sony pictures, Sony pictures is not in a position to buy MGM, but I don't know if any of the larger players, Will do this. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, Netflix might, um, just because they probably want to get more in the theaters, and they can pick and choose then of, of this stuff that's going to be made. 
we can put it on our platform and have some sort of more prestige stuff on the platform. Um, though prestige, though I think Why? I think Netflix is, you know, the game for Netflix is prestige series. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Queen's Gambit drew them a lot of attention, and yep. I think that will. It is stuff like that that they are hoping for as compared to these movies, unless, you know, unless these are, unless these are properties that they think they can option into series. Now, maybe you could do the water dancer in an eight parter, maybe. Uh, but, but I mean, Ta-Nehisi Coates probably got paid pretty big money. Whereas, um, you know, Queens Gambit, as an example well, that folks have been trying to make something that folks had tried to make something out of that for years and the rights probably weren't that expensive. So, you know. Well, um, be interesting to see what happens with mm-hmm. MGM because they need cash. Yeah. Uh, next story, I had uh, Alan Berg. Well, dude, 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 it's it's not cash. They're going to sell. I mean, they're going to just have new owners. So it's not like, hey, someone buy twenty five percent of us and give us two billion dollars or a billion dollars to get through it. They're just going to sell, and someone's just going to take over the debt. So that five and a half billion dollars. Of that, two point three billion dollars is long term debt that's gonna, or debt that's going to have to be taken out. So the remaining equity of that firm is a little over three billion dollars, and that's it. That's what they think their their stuff. You know, that's what they think it. It's there now. That could work. You know, if you find a way to really reboot um, James Bond, because I think they have still have James. They Bond. don't own the rights to James no, 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 Bond. No, but but they have how many movies do they have locked up to do? I mean, I don't know, but they co-produce it. I mean, I'm not saying they don't make money off of it, but like I'm sure them getting bought by somebody else, there's probably something in a contract that's like, okay, now we're going to renegotiate whatever because so and so is now is now a co-producer. You know, well that's like, just going to that's just going to come right off the top of whatever the sale is. I mean, there's going to be a clawback in there. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like it, it's going to be interesting, but James Bond is always Eon. Eon is James Bond. Right, and then they have work with other. Right, they have other distribution work with other people to whether it's distribution or additional financing to make the movie. But yeah, Uh, Alan Bergman elevates to Disney Studios content chairman. Alan Horn staying on as chief creative officer. They were co-chairmen, so I don't think there's really going to be that big of a difference. Uh, What I thought was interesting was so Horn, Alan Horn came to Disney in 2012 after Warner Brothers dropped him as president and COO in 2011. And he was at WB since 99. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. He left, or he didn't leave. Warner Brothers dropped him in 2011, which was the last year, which was when the last Harry Potter came out. And, you know, Dark Knight, was, Dark Knight Rises was probably already done, and then it came out the next year. It's like, mm-hmm. hmm, what is big budget wise? What has Warner Brothers really done since then? You have a bunch of shitty DC movies and a couple shitty Fantastic Beast movies, or one shitty Fantastic Beast movie and one okay Fantastic Beast movie. Like, what else has Warner Brothers, big budget wise, really done? <laughs> and uh, you know, because then he also did Oceans, but then after he left, they come out with Oceans Eight. It's like, wow. Alan Horn is seventy-seven. Wow. Yeah, he's seventy-seven years old. Is he? Is this guy just got the Midas touch? I mean, 
I know he might want to work. Not but... for his daughter's career. I know that much. Who's his daughter? She was the girl in Magic Mike, the romantic interest, like the normal girl in Magic Mike with Channing Tatum. Okay. Do you, do you remember vaguely. her at all? Yeah, I, I vaguely yeah. remember her. Yeah, she, she can't act at all. She's not, she's not good. Um, she was on a couple episodes of The Office, and she was terrible. But, like, other than that, yeah, it seems like he has, you know, he knows what he's doing. Because he basically helped, what? Well, he didn't help. Well, no, yeah, he helped get the Lucasfilm deal done, and then he obviously helped with the uh, but, Fox deal. But when you hear guys like this, I mean, this guy's, and I don't say this in that he doesn't have any ability, but when you hear, like, these guys that are fucking fossils that are still running shit at 77, um, unless you are, like, owners, unless you own, like, Unless you're like Rupert Murdoch and you're the biggest stockholder or something, like is there no is there no depth of is there no bench strength or any depth of talent in Hollywood that has skills beyond these people that have been in the business just for for like fifty years or whatever. for fifty years? I mean, it's like is that what it is? It's just a bunch of old heads, or is that like no, we don't trust any of these because didn't Disney hire? So these guys are head of creative. So who's the young guy who's like in his forties that Disney hired? Um, what are you talking about? Disney the Kareem, put some Kareem, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but mean, he's more. No, he's more. He's more managing the distribution channel. Yeah, than he's a creative yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. a creative guy. Um, I mean, Ike Perlmutter was a creative guy, and then they basically kind of diminished his power. Well, because he's uh, he's a cheap ass, right? Yeah. Well, like, well, you're saying like, you know, you know, does Disney just do they just hit 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 the mark all the time? It's like, eh, well, I mean, that guy, eh, I mean, not so much. Um, I mean, whoever was running Disney Animation Studios in the early 2000s wasn't exactly hitting home runs. Uh, yeah. No. No. I yeah, mean, they talked so, about uh, who is it? This, after the tumultuous results of the Rich Ross resignation when this studio had massive flops, such as the $300 million feature, John Carter. Yeah, John Carter. I was like, how, how, did, how did an old... But you know what came a year after John Carter? No. What's the tomorrow? Lone Ranger. Yeah. But that was, that was the era where... That's the thing. Because so you had Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Smashing success. And then they tried to redo Pirates of the Caribbean well, by releasing right, these summer blockbusters based on some ancient IP that they had. And they're like, oh, we're just going to make an action movie out of it or whatever. Because uh, 2010, I, I forget. No, 2010 was Alice in Wonderland. 2011 was something else. But this was before they did all the live action remakes because that's what took the place of those old ip turn it into a 200 million dollar action movie now it's just live action remakes which was probably alan horn's idea and from a financial standpoint very good idea you know from a creative standpoint no i think those those movies are creatively bankrupt but they make a lot of money so you know gotta give him his credit after losing probably 400 million dollars between Lone Ranger, John Carter. I mean, those live action remakes are. I mean, hell, Lion King made one point seven billion dollars. So, so, so um, 
Lone Ranger was an attempt to bring Gore Verbinski back and get the magic of Pirates of the Caribbean and it didn't work. Yeah, John Carter was Andrew Stanton who did uh, Finding Nemo. Oh, wow. So they threw, just said, hey, Finding Nemo did good. Here's a live action thing. And here's a he did other, he was a Pixar, I mean, he is a Pixar guy. He does, he did a lot of stuff with Brad Bird and he wanted to do John Carter and so they did John Carter. Now, Alan Horn did Greenlight Tomorrowland, so it's not, you know, it's not perfect. Yeah, and, and Tomorrowland was that Lasseter or was that um, was that Brad Bird? That was Brad Bird. Yeah, Oof. Brad Bird Oof. did do Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, and then he did Tomorrowland. So Tomorrowland. Yeah. Jesus, have you seen Tomorrowland? I heard it's not very good. I heard it's not very good either. I'm, I'm, is it even on Disney? I mean, I, I'm just yeah, it's on I Disney mean, Plus. Th- I mean, there's a there's a train wreck aspect of uh, life's too short. I don't need to do that shit. But the thing is, um, it's not it's not the fact that it's egregiously bad. It's just kind of like, eh. which is like you don't waste time to watch. Eh. You watch you waste time to watch horrifyingly bad. That's what you do. Well, horrifyingly like, bad is like, that's not, you go that's watch not about Alex Cross. You're not, yeah, you're not wasting. Oh God, <laughs> Alex Cross. Um, so, uh, uh, Horn did do Batman Begins, Dark Knight, yeah, Departed, Million Dollar Baby, Ocean's yeah. Eleven. I think Warner Brothers, a lot of their like award stuff is still really good. I'm saying from a blockbuster perspective, they've gone, they've gone down the toilet a bit. Um, like their most profitable blockbusters, like Return on Investment, are horror movies. That's mm-hmm. what they are. Um, which you know, good for them. That's fine, but it's it, it's not the four quadrant PG thirteen fantasy action superhero comic book. It's not that anymore. It is the horror movies. That is what is giving them a lot of money right now. Uh, next story. So Emma Thompson was criticizing the casting of older men with much younger women because I guess she's going to play this older woman who has this fling with a younger guy, and she's saying it's. It is just, you know, Hollywood is this because of this. And but I didn't know if you wanted to say anything, but. It's, hold on. Emma Thompson is criticizing what is commonplace in Hollywood. Older male actors pair on screen with women half their age. Uh, so, who, who's, so who is coming out saying that, is, like, is someone knocking on Emma? Is she, like, sitting in an interview saying, this is just unbelievable. What are you talking about? Or know, or is she just no she just I, or or is she just leading with you she's going to be in a movie she's going to be in a movie called Good Luck to You Leo Graham which she plays a fifty five year old widow who hires a sex worker in his early twenties which kind of takes me to the point of like I don't see how this proves your point because you're playing a woman who has to pay for it like I don't know how that unless it's purely from a casting thing okay fine whatever but um. I mean, what was the movie with Keanu Reeves and Diane Keaton? Oh, uh, my Nancy God. Nancy Myers, Something's Gotta Give, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's that, right? And he did something with, I think, Beverly D'Angelo, too. Uh, Helen Mirren was with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Shadow Boxer. Yeah, yeah. That was a shitty movie, but... Uh, yeah, but, 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 I mean, but I mean, you're telling me Helen Mirren, like, a few years ago? Like, yeah, I mean, that's not... I, I'm... I guess I guess her take is, it's utter. It, I, I guess what it is is there's no movies with this theme in it. That's all, and 
Um, I'm kind of like, okay, so what? But 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 to be honest, this is a movie that is only about that. And I'm just like, if you see a movie with George Clooney, and if he's got some younger whatever, the movie is likely not just about that. It is, um, it is likely about something else, and there has to be some sort of hookup somewhere. It's like, you know, how old is like uh, the actor that plays James Bond? Um, Daniel Craig. He's fifty-two. He's fifty-two, and he's probably. Hooking up with someone. Be, Anna, yeah, Anna Darmus is going to be in the next one. But Anna Darmus is like 33. 30. 30. Yes, but it's still... Okay, but it's still younger. Okay. Right. But all I'm I mean, saying is... Look at some of the Leo... I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, some of his stuff. Well... Chicks are a lot younger. Yeah, but 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 you know what? There's speculation. Yeah, like, chicks a lot yeah, I mean, and you know... Jack Nicholson. I mean, th- this is not like a, um, you know, Marlon Brando did a movie in the 73 called Last Tango in Paris, which is about some guy, I think. And I'm I, aware. Seen... I know what it's about. Oh, okay. But, but it's like th- this movie sort of has a similar sort of, it, it doesn't have the same vibe because I think Brando was looking at, at the end of it sort of, I don't know if he wants to commit suicide or not, but he's sort of like, Look, I'm just going to go go have this experience. Um, this is sort of that same thing. Fine, it's what it is, but it's not like there. It's not like there are just tons of movies purely based on that. That's all. I'm just, I'm just like whatever. I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting because the only out the house, Gene Smart goes out with a much younger guy. I'm just saying it's happened before. Go ahead. Uh, well, it, it it has, but you know what? It, this will get headlines. Because, uh, it, first of all, it needs to get headlines because Emma, Emma Thompson needs people to see this movie. And so she's going to say something that is going to get put at the top of the fold. Oh, my God, I can't believe she said it. First of all, one, I totally fucking believe she said it because she knows exactly what will get printed. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's like, I, I th- it, while it might be utterly unbalanced, the idea that there are movies out there where this is the prime plot point of the movie. I don't know. I, I mean, all right. You know, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect you to go that far with it. It was just kind of like, yeah, well, uh, coming to America trailer. Did you see the coming? I have not trailer? seen it. I hear it's funny. Uh, it. Everyone's back. I mean, it's just a bunch of bits. They don't really get into the story, but it's out. Um, but all right, moving on since you haven't seen it. Uh, Universal Land's AGBO's adaptation of The Electric State with Millie Bobby Brown starring the Russo brothers directing and Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeeling, McFeely writing. Um, so based on a book, shocker. Um, set in an alternative future, it tells the story of a teenage girl who realizes that a strange but sweet robot who comes to her has actually been sent by her missing brother. She and the robot set out to find the brother in an imaginative world of humans mixing with all manner of robots and covering a grand conspiracy in the process. Um, Feels very AI-ish. Yeah. Like AI, Iron Giant almost. Um, this, picture of Millie, this picture of Millie Bobby Brown, she looks like she's about 35. She's not like 35. <laughs> No, if you look at that picture of her in the article, 
Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. She doesn't look 35. She looks like she's probably like 18 or 19. She looks old as hell there. No, she doesn't. Anyways, uh, any interest at all? Um, mm, hold on. No, not not really. It's it's fast tracked. Hang on one second here. I apologize. So this is going to be man. This is going to be in the theaters, right? This is this is a movie and not a. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not Netflix. It's a movie that's going to come out in theaters. I um. Wow. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, no. I, I, I think you know. I think Millie Bobby Brown. I think people want to see what she's doing, and I'm wondering. Is this a um, god damn though? Russo Brothers plus this? I mean, it's probably going to be pretty damn good. Now you think about be... it, I, I, I mean, the fact that Russo Brothers are doing it um, makes me think like, okay, this could be well done. Well, but and the writers. Be... I mean, those are the those are the writers they team up with. Those are the guys who wrote Winter Soldier. They wrote Civil War. They wrote the two event the two the last two Avengers movies. Like those are. Their guys. So is this going to be Marcus and McFeely? So what I wonder is, what is the look of this movie going to be? Um, is this going to be like a movie that looks like Alita Battle Angel? No. Or is it going to be very sort of real, like very practical in everything that it's that's done? So yeah. like the android, the androids like- that are there, just like no, they're just people that are shiny. But no, it's like AI. They're just people that are maybe a little shiny, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like the first two thirds of Winter Soldier, probably. Like that's what it's going to look like. Um, so it's hopefully to be... the sets aren't super. Like one thing I had with Winter Soldier is like everything just looked super functional. You know what I mean? There was no kind of extra little flavor added. Like I just wish I I just wish their movies would have a little more personality to them. That's my kind of thing. Just like just a little more. Uh, but I'm sure it will be above average. You know? Yeah, but but that's what their movies kind of are. They so outside of, I mean, average. I, I don't think Winter. I I do not hold it against the them. Russos. It's more the Marvel thing. Yeah, because the Marvel, the Marvel thing, there is so much plot. Um, and and they do Marvel throws you know Taika Waititi stuff has more humor in it, but. Yeah. I mean, it is so plot heavy and so much has to get done. And there's a fine balance of this shit's got to get done in two hours. And we have to give people the opportunity to breathe a little bit in it. But, you know, even during the opportunity to breathe, we still have to push the narrative along. So there really isn't much time. Now, Mm -hmm. with this, who knows? I'm not familiar with the graphic novel. Is this like a nonstop adrenaline rush of a story? Or is this a more sort of? I feel like it's going to be like. Action. Do you remember uh, Super Eight? Yeah, remember that movie? Oh Obviously. wow! Yeah, but th- no, oh my this God. isn't. There's not going to be some big alien, but I'm saying in terms of like style and all that, like it, like it's going to be very. I just think it's going to be very to the ground, so that when those big things, those like otherworldly things that have to be done right. with CGI. It, they, the, your eyes just like, pop out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. 
It'll be like that. Okay. That's what I, that's what I kind of think. But, but Super 8 was very, except for those uh, alien things, I mean, it was very small. I mean, it was like the damn, it's like Goonies, find, you know, find an alien sort of thing, almost. And yeah, I, and I don't, I don't mean to say it's bad. I certainly went into it. It ended up being very different from what I, from what I expected. Not necessarily bad, but it was very different from what I expected. Um, I wonder if it'll be a, lo- a little like iRobot where it's like, yeah, you're in Chicago, but all the cars are. You see, but, but, but if it's like iRobot, that's going to be very then more. That's where to me, that's going to be very close to Alita Battle Angel. Um, well, I don't think it'll be like in that. Yes, there are people, but people interspersed with yeah. But Alita dis- Battle the people Angel, interspersed with CGI. Alita Battle Angel has a very cyberpunk type feel. I don't think iRobot has that much of a cyberpunk type feel. It's just almost. It's just like. But Alita Battle Angel, that is almost like a CGI movie with people superimposed onto the CGI. The yeah, way no, I view no. it. That's not what I'm saying with iRobot. I'm saying with iRobot, what I mean is like in terms of how like the cities look, like yes, you're probably going to see like futuristic cars, but it's going to be like a real city. Like with, in, with Chicago and iRobot, like 2035 Chicago, that is very much like Chicago looks like Chicago. The only real difference is, yeah, there's some robots walking on the sidewalk. There's like one big ass CGI building where the dude, where all the robots like come out of and they're manufactured. And there are like futuristic cars. That's really it. I'm not talking about Vicky in the big cylinder of, of light and all that shit at the end. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the way the setting looks like the neighborhoods and all that. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If anything, you know, if the Russo brothers are doing, it's going to be something between kind of what um, Blade Runner had. I, I mean, Blade oh, Runner Jesus. feels. No, Blade Runner 82, though, is much yeah, more. Still. That and what was the uh, I I'm kicking myself now because we're sort of living it. But what's the movie of Tom Cruise um, and Max von Sydow? Minority Report. Yes, like that is. Jeez, you want to talk about visual effects with people superimposed? I mean, Minority Report. At least the chase scene. Yeah, but but Minority Report. I'm just talking about the look and feel of the way that the characters are presented. That's all. I'm not talking about the way that. Um, okay, so you it, think Minority Poor, and I'm saying iRobot. I mean, there's a difference, but that's still kind of like... Eh. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, th- I think Minority Report a little less so than... Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think Minority Report is a little less than iRobot from like, a, all right, how much are we giving over to the computers here to tell the story? Oh, Whereas Alita yeah, Battle Angel about, is yeah, entire story, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no that's, that's sort of what I'm saying. The, pres- the presentation of the movie... The backdrop of the movie is it going to be shockingly CGI heavy and and like Alita Battle Angel? Not that they're going to go for the steampunk whatever look that Alita Battle Angel had, but where they totally sort of just say, "No, this is going to be you're very on, you're CGI." You're on a stage. You're on a stage. It's, green screen behind you, and that's it. You're not on it, location. That's what yes. Okay. Which which you know what I mean? Shit, The Mandalorian did that well really well. So, you know they're but building it still felt practical. Go ahead. 
they're building three more of those stagecraft little studios with all the with all the screens and stuff. They're building they, more of those. I think is it just Disney? Is it Disney the only one doing it, or are is yeah. it just being built? Yeah, Disney owns like a lot of the. Well, they don't own. I shouldn't say. Yeah, because that. that's the Unreal Engines. What's it's Unreal Engine, right? which is which right. is epic. So there you go. Um, which is forty percent owned by Tencent. So yeah, <laughs> there's that. It all floats back to China. yeah. I mean, epic. God, they just print money off of Unreal. Have you ever seen those videos of what Unreal Engine Five is going to look like? No. Oh my God, it's insane! Games are going to be amazing. Um, What's the hardware requirements to drive it, though? I mean, whatever console you get is going to be able to do it. I'm not trying has, to run that thing on a PC. Has Apple? Has Apple and Epic have they settled yet? Or no, they're still fighting it out. Kind of. Uh, not. I'm not going to say kind of. Not, not, not made, settled. Not settled. But has Fortnite been? Is the store thing? Is it back up on the, on the store? I don't think so. But no, okay. Apple has made some concessions. I think they're going to drop their thirty percent stuff down to fifteen percent for like a certain number of developers. Like, yeah, but they, they're not going to allow direct link in the game yeah, to their own they're store. They're not going to do that. But Apple has people. Apple has made some concessions on things. That's what I know. Uh, okay, but hold on because we can start it. Yo. Hey, um, so the next article I have is from Vulture's 65 movies we can't wait to see in 2021. Okay, not, hang on. I have not reviewed this yet. I'm literally going to look at it now. So we can yeah, me, I mean, I haven't reviewed a whole bunch of it, too. I'm just kind of going, I'm just going to run through the ones I think look interesting. Uh, there's a movie called Passing starring Tessa Thompson, Ruth Mega, and Alexander Skarsgård. Directed by Rebecca Hall, making her future future feature directing debut. Um, if you do, you, I, do you remember who Rebecca Hall is? No, she was the love interest in the town. She was Christian Bale's love interest in the Prestige. She was she was in Iron Man three, black haired white girl. Okay, she's actually she's British, but she plays a lot of American parts. Um, oh, okay, yeah. She was yeah. she the um. She was the, she was the, yeah, she's the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, so what do you think of that? Um, so what do you think of that? Um, the idea of making this a movie passing. Yeah. Well, I didn't even read the thing yet. So. Oh, go adaptation ahead. of Nell and Larson's 1929 novel about two friends, one of whom passes a white woman is married to a racist white man. One of the more intriguing intriguing titles at this year's Sundance will surely launch a million takes. Um, which who's passing as a white woman? Because like Tessa Thompson, Ruth Nega, I mean, yeah, they're light skinned but they ain't that light. So I'm kind of curious about that. Um, I'm. Um... Is this like supposed to be Devil in a Blue Dress type stuff? Almost. Um, I mean, I, you know. is isn't this a? I, I'm, I, I'm intrigued with the fact that they're making this movie today. This is a novel that was written ninety years ago. Yep. Um, now, if it's set ninety years ago, fine. I believe it um, will be. <laughs> okay. Well, I. 
I, I don't know. I mean, the the term passes as a white woman. It's not exactly going to go in 1998. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really going to make sense. Passes as a white woman. What? Where? Where are you passing as a white woman in in 2021? I'm pretty sure it's going to take place in the 20s, the the 1920s. Um, I, I guess. The other thing that's a, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm wondering. So, what is if this is really just a movie that says, "Boy, it really makes you think," or I'm wondering what the agenda, not what the agenda is going to be, but but what is what is it, what is it broadly going to be trying to say? I guess. Oh, I don't know. That's, I know. I really like uh, Ruth Nega. I think she's a really good actress. So I think I'd be interested just because she's in it. I, I could see. I mean, you know, I look at Ruth Nega, and yeah, I mean, with a little bit of makeup, I mean, that it'll it'll certainly, you know, I mean, I thought she was really good and loving, and she's. I've seen like two episodes of Preacher. She's she's good in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I mean, there's there's that movie Lockdown. Did you watch that trailer I sent you? Lockdown. No, I saw it though. But we've been talking about it forever. So yeah, we've been talking about it on Deadline. The trailer it starts out. I'm kind of like meh, but the end of it, I really. I mean, I'm gonna watch it either way. It comes out next Thursday. Well, this Thursday mm-hmm. actually. Um, there's a movie coming out this week. MLK FBI. I don't know if that's a documentary. <laughs> Wait, wait, is that wait, is that on the list? Yeah, MLK slash. FBI. Oh, got it, got it. In, in theaters, theaters Yeah, yeah, I uh, think it, it, it's probably that is probably like the story of an FBI agent as he has some sort of. Yeah, he's a communist. We're going to go after him, and the FBI agent like has it. I mean, I have no, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to guess he uh, sort of has like a wait, we're wrong. That, that's, there's that's there's also gonna... uh, the little things in theaters on HBO Max January 29th, which. Like if Tony Scott was still alive, this would be the Tony Scott movie, because um, it's Denzel Washington playing a cop going after a serial serial killer that looks like it's played by Jared Leto, because Jared Leto looks like this complete psychopath, and Rami Malek plays like this chief, this police chief, and it's like Rami Malek's like thirty five. What? <laughs> what? What? Wait, 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 wait! The police chief will never be. As the good of the police chief that was in Forty Eight Hours, who played like the standard police chief, who was who was this basically the guy in Starsky and Hutch. Yes, except you know who the guy was in Forty Eight Hours because the who? guy in Forty Eight Hours is like the screaming one. Yeah, um, right. who? But but the guy in Forty Eight Hours was uh, the dude uh, who was the uh, mechanic in used cars. I can't remember his name. Oh my god, Dad! I don't remember that. I've seen uh, used cars. The big the 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 the. Uh, the the big black guy in in used cars that motherfucker's red oh, that, guy, that guy that guy was the screaming cop in forty eight hours screaming at Nick Nolte yeah that guy's like what is he like six four three hundred pounds yeah he's huge he's yeah big, yeah big, big dude um, yeah uh, but yeah so there's that uh, there's pieces of a woman which has comes out oh it already came out on Netflix actually January seventh but I know that's um, Vanessa Kirby is in that, and that's gotten like really good reviews. It's like Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, so yeah, um, pieces of a woman. Hold on, hold on. Uh, 
No, go ahead. I'm I'm just oh. re- so okay. So I'm I'm just reading about it. Go ahead. So Malcolm and Marie. I know a trailer came out for that, but it's like this black and white movie with John David Washington Zendaya, um, where they're like a couple. I haven't seen the trailer. I gotta see it. Judas and the Black Messiah. That's been getting a lot of press because supposedly that's pretty good. Ryan Coogler is a producer. Um, Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya are in it, so it's like a Get Out reunion. FBI, um, FBI investigating Black Party. Okay, um, yeah, killing Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is like, why would I? I mean, why would I want to watch that? Um, well, and and that sort of gets back to like, okay, so and just like passing, it's like, so what are we? What are we? What are we going? What are, what is the takeaway from this going to be? But anyway, don't don't know. I, I, I don't probably know. not dissimilar to what the takeaway is with the United States versus Billy Holiday. Yeah, you know, uh, Andrew Day is going to be Billy Lee Daniels biopic, oh. which basically confirms I probably won't be watching this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be nothing. Garrett Hedlund's in it though, and Trevante Rhodes is also in it. Um, Who's Andrew Day? She's a singer. She sings. I'm pretty sure she sings the song that Miss Ann loves. And I'll rise up like oh, a great. Yeah, that. Okay. One. So there you go. You know who they should have played Billie Holiday, especially if it's sort of near the end of the career. It's uh, Audrey McDonald because she played her and won a damn uh, Tony Award playing her like a few years ago. She won her like fifth Tony Award playing yeah. her. There you go. Um, we'll see how that. Well, I won't see how it turns out. Um, but... <laughs> Hey, a little tip. I'll tell you, it turns out Billy Holiday dies broke and sort of just strung out, strung out. It's just a bad scene. That's how Uh, that's how it ends. Other anticipated films. uh, I mean, I see Tom and Jerry on here. All these other ones. Hang on. There's one movie called Falling. You know, there's a whole bunch of songs I'm thinking that could be the soundtrack, the theme for that. Uh, Alicia Keys Fallen. It's a great Exa- exactly, falling. I mean, there's so um, many Cinderella. I, so, which Cinderella is this? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I know the story. <laughs> I wonder how it ends. You think the slip? The slipper still the, fits. It's still the slipper. You know what? It would be great if they ended the movie with just Gus Johnson Gus just Johnson. screaming that at the end. Cut to credit. Penetrating. Bam, the sli- bam, yes. Bam. You know what? Slipper still fits, followed by penetrating. Bam, bam, bam. And then uh, <laughs> it's a bit on the nose. Oh, yeah, a little but... bit. Um, <laughs> March coming to America, which we talked about. The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel, uh, uh, which Alan yeah. Taylor is going to direct uh, in theaters and on HBO Max March 12th. Uh, other movies, you have Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus March 5th. The King's mm. Man. What is The King's Man? It's the Kingsman prequel. Oh, I'm, okay. Yeah, with okay. Rafe Rafe Fines and Jaimon Hunsu. It's also in it. Morbius. Um, so Sony trying to make chicken salad with yeah, their exactly. license. Exactly. Chaos mm-hmm. Walking, which is the Doug Lyman nightmare movie that's finally coming out. This movie's been in development hell. So many reshoots. It's probably like two hundred million dollar budget. The trailer just came out. Honestly, it looks like shit. Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, like that movie's gonna be terrible. Like that movie's been in development for so long, and they're finally releasing. Like it's been on the shelf. I think it was filmed in twenty eighteen. 
2018. Are you kidding finally, me? I'm not kidding you. It's it is. I'm telling you, it's a bunch of shit. It's gonna be a hunk of shit. Uh, April, no time to die. Wait, who's Daisy? Out. Who's Daisy Ridley? She's Ray in Star Wars. Oh, oh, fuck that. Okay, Ray, moving Ray on. Bentos. Yeah, Ray yeah, Ray Bentos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying no, Ray, Ray Bentos. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, she, I think she's a good actress. It's just you know, nah. April, no time to die is finally going to come out. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, a Quiet Place Part Two after being delayed for a year. A bunch of critics have actually seen that because they were putting out uh, press, pr- yeah, before press screeners like right before the pandemic hit. Um, quiet Place so- Part Two. Quiet place part two, more quiet, more quiet, even even, yeah. even quieter, even quieter. Uh, a quiet place part two. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> last, last night, night in so last night in Soho looks interesting to me. Yeah, Edgar Wright. Uh, it's got to be good. Um, I hope there's uh, and, a little more. Diana Diana Rigg. Oh, yeah. and uh, what do you call it? What's her face from? Yeah, the Queen's cat. Gambit's in it. Cat eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah, cat eyes. Um, and the girl from uh, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Awesome. Peter Ra- Peter Rabbit two. Oh God! There Bob, you go. that's, your, Bob, that's your boy. That's your Bob, boy, Peter Peter Rabbit. That's your James Corden. Oh good God, Bob's. Oh, thank God, Mortal Kombat. I, I'm no, I'm hearing he's leaving the country. Did you see? Did you see an article about uh, James Corden leaving like forever? Or? Yes, he's no, he's like he's going to not do his show anymore. He's like done. What? What a if this is true, America! What a huge fucking win. We <laughs> after twenty twenty, we need it. You know, hey, he oh. must have heard. He must have heard me when I said I've had about just about enough of this guy. Yeah, Dad. I don't think what you're saying is correct. I I saw as, some as lockdown measures in Los Angeles become stricter amongst rising COVID nineteen cases. Corden returned to his garage. January 4th, 2021, to host a show and communicate with his bands, band and guests via video links. So hold on. James Corden leaving the country. Leaving the country. Uh, cast doubt on the future of his U.S. chat show career because he misses his U.K. family and wants his kids to go to British schools. Oh, all right. Our schools aren't good enough. You fine, go. Jesus. He wants his he a go year to... left on his contract. Fine, bring back Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson will never do it, but his kids so. need to go to Eaton. What the hell is Eaton? Oh, it's one of the it's one of the schools that like uh, you know where, where you see the it's it's Bishop like in Finger uh, Brown. Yeah, it's like if you're watching uh, the Meaning of Life, and it's like the the boys' schools, like that. Oh. You know, all the kids. You know, I'm sure that'll Bob Bob's Burgers the movie. Okay. How? Why? Mortal Kombat. I mean, the first yes. one was good enough. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, All day, so every day. Okay. So hold on. So um, Marvel actually thinks that they're going to be able to put Black Widow, Black Widow out in May seventh. Yeah. I have a hundred million. Have a hundred million out uh, dosed by then, right? Okay. So who? Okay. So you got Black Widow May seventh, Fast Nine May twenty eighth. Yeah. So basically, they've got three weeks to make whatever they can try to make. Oh, and by the way, May twenty first, Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. Oh my God, Fast Nine. Yeah. Fast, Fast nine. nine. And the franchise, that, the gift that keeps on giving. 
But but counter programming, Cruella, same release date. Oh <laughs> wow. Real Sophie's choice there. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of from shit to fucking shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, like there was a thing, there was a watch mojo uh video where it's like these movies look like the least ten movies look like the worst, and the banner was was Emma Stone as Cruella. These movies look like the worst movies out there. Yeah, I mean, if Watch Mojo is basically saying your movie looks like shit, I mean, like KYS. I mean, well, Jesus. why? You know what? They put that damn Anna Kendrick movie on the Christmas movie. I mean, uh, No Noel. Yeah, but uh, I mean Bill that Air. that went on Disney Plus probably because they knew it was garbage. It's like they couldn't. Garbage. Not gonna do that with this. Uh, I thought Noel got like okay reviews. I, I, I don't, you know what? I don't understand. Not that I don't understand, but um, Hundred One Dalmatians as a movie, the story is nice, but that era of Disney animation is such such crap. Where they go from the lush sort of. You know, it sort of peaked with Sleeping Beauty, where everything is hand painted and went way over budget. Disney lost money on Sleeping Beauty, and from there they just said, "Yeah, let's get into this repographic things where the, yeah, the like background the is completely flat and Tom and low. Jerry, like Tom and Jerry in the seventies, looks just oh, awful. it's just it's ter- it's like no, it's worse than that. It's like Deputy Dog, which is um, something Deputy for Dog. yeah, it's. If, if you have an opportunity, pull up YouTube and watch Deputy Dog, which is like even more low rent than even the worst Tom and Jerry's that, that are out there. But that and Sword in the Stone, Rescuers got a little bit better. But I mean, that stuff in the 60s, Jungle Book has that problem too, though. I like the Jungle Book as a movie is fine. But just yeah, the look of Louis Prima doing his thing. But, but the look of. Um, the look of that is just just rough, and I, I don't know. And now, I mean, I, I've already spoken. Now I think Corella is a fantastic character that I hope we, they just. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, they're gonna. You know, it's gonna be. Uh, what did I say is gonna come back? It's like they, they're gonna de de uh, destigmatize the word bitch or something. And oh yeah, they're gonna start. Yes. they're gonna start selling shirts that say like "bitch, please." Or something like that. Listen, uh, in, get in the you, parks. No, here's the deal. You need to get get your Shopify storefront up um, <laughs> with the bitch, please. Um, Corella Deville merch, merch up there, and just get it done. You can get TV shirts made. You just need someone who can design it for you. Slip them a hundred bucks to make something, and uh, get it up there. But and Disney, and, I'm, they they're gonna have a whole like. How do you? How do you have the Cruella? How do you tie it to Cruella without infringing on any trademarks? That's the, that is the question. Who? You, can't just, huh? you mean making merch? Yeah, because you're saying do that when Cruella comes out. Well, you still have to. How do you tie it to Cruella without tying it to Cruella? You know what I mean? So, is 101 Dalmatians as a book? Is that in the public domain at this point? That's the the original book. That's the first question. And then the second question is God. if 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 you just have something like paw prints in some sort of black and white color, and it just says "bitch please" just have in like the exact same font, the hair, the hair and the coat as like a silhouette, and then put "bitch please." Yeah, something like that. 
Something like that. Uh, all right. So it, more anticipated it, films. It, it, it can be done. You know, in the Heights, they're finally it's finally going to come out, huh? I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's coming to HBO Max. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh God. Woody. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson with that awful fucking wig. So was and, this filmed? Was this was this filmed before um, the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it comes out so on your was. birthday. How about that? Oh, I'm 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 gonna line up for it. <laughs> um, Andy Circus directing, sure. Michelle Williams said, "Wait." She said, "I'm sorry about Venom." What? Oh, she said that in the in the movie. Okay, I thought she said that like in an interview. Um, okay. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June Fourth, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things. Oh wait, I'm sorry, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife, yeah, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things. Uh, I still think that'll be. I still think that that looks interesting, but it's I Jason, think I know it's that Jason Reitman, right? I mean, Jason Reitman's a solid filmmaker. Um, I like up in the air. Uh, blue. What is blue by you? Um, I don't know. It's other than a uh, uh, Roy Orbison song. Oh, is it really? Oh yeah, look at that. Just came up when I typed in blue by you. Blue yeah. by you film. Um, stars Justin Chan and maybe I think it's Chan, or is it something else? Nah, that's Chan. Uh, Chan, Alicia Vikander, Mark O'Brien. I don't even know what it's about. It's just some, it's a movie from Focus Features, so it's probably an Oscar independent indie type movie. Alicia Vikander, uh, you think, you think Blue by You, I think, uh, sweaty, um, body heat sort of, um, you know, bugs, bugs chirping like little. Crickets no, in the background. no, no, no. But it, it's all about it, sort of like sun coming through a, um, a Bahama shade in a window, and it's very sweaty and wet. A lot of like uh, yeah, wife, bugs, a lot of dirt. You hear the bugs in the background. I'm yeah, a lot of dirty it. wife beaters worn by men and women. Though, frankly, Alicia Vikander and a dirty all, all white the wife men beater. have have like stubble, five o'clock yep. shadows. Yep, yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's what it is. Uh, just... July Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Uh, the Forever Purge. What the hell? So the Forever. We're purge. gonna we're gonna purge until there ain't nothing left to purge. Yeah. Okay. This this will this movie will be the purgiest movie ever. <laughs> none more purge. <laughs> exactly. None more purge. Don't don't uh, don't don't touch it. Yeah, Space Jam Two. I'm sure Bobby's gonna be all over that. A new, a, it, wait, wait, a new legacy. New legacy. It, the, hang on, the title is literally saying a new legacy. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! You're Jungle gonna say Cruise. that in the title? Jungle Cruise moving. Oh, on. Disney. Cruise. Disney is hoping this is their franchise. This is it. They are. Yeah, because you know who's in it. Franchise Viagra is in it. That's why. What Emily yeah. Blunt? You're joking, right? No, no, I'm just saying. It, oh, because it's, it's, because Emily Blunt it's, can't it's get a Viagra. It's yeah. a Viagra gift thing. <laughs> oh, Paul Giamatti, though. I'm happy to see he's. I mean, I love him as an actor. I'm glad to see he's a. 
why do you love I why? I mean, don't wrong, I love him as an actor too. I think he's really good. But why do you love him as an actor, Dad? I think he's I think he like plays the aggravated put upon person so well. Oh, I thought know? it was just because he looks like a normal person, you know, like Steven Root or something. Well, um, I mean I mean th- th- there there is that as well, but I dug him I liked him a lot in uh, Sideways. Um, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a it's a it's a wine drinking movie with him and the dude who played Sandman, and uh, the Thomas Hayden Church, who's who's the one girl, yeah, and then the one girl who was on Grey's Anatomy, who did some. She's known for going down to South America, Central America, doing some ayahuasca and all that stuff. What's her name? Uh, is it the main girl? In Asian, the... Asian girl. Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, she she's in it, but she's not one of the. But but it's a movie about this guy who's a teacher and he loves drinking wine. He hates fucking Merlot. Can't stick okay. fucking Merlot. But it, it was big. It came out. I want to say God, every bit of fifteen years ago. Oh, and I thought he was really funny in not funny. I thought he was great in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I said that. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the 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 really schlocky one that um, Tim Burton directed. Oh, in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, more anticipated Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. July. What is 9th. the Green Knight? What is the hell is that? It's, it's probably going to be some melancholy movie. No, it's, it's about by... no, it's about uh, Sir Gawain, Gawain and the Green Knight. Um, it's great, but it's also okay. directed by David Lowry, so it's probably going to be somewhat melancholy. Okay, because that's those are types of movies he makes. Oh man, another Minions movie. Thank oh, God, geez. the rise of Gru. Oh God. Hang on, is Kevin in this one? Uh, Kevin's Bob Steve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think all of them uh, are. Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I said that. No, but that sounds like uh, um, just a movie from the seventies that's coming out of Japan, just based yeah. upon the title. Uh, Uncharted, which is based on the Sony uh, PlayStation franchise. Um, Tom Holland is in Hold that on. one. Bob and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Is that meant to rhyme? Is that in August? Uh, July 16th. Uh, just trying to see what that is. Oh. Uh, Barb and Star go to Vista. Why does that sound familiar? Um, oh, wait. That's a Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig and uh, Annie Mumble, her writing partner that did Bridesmaids. I think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, because this is them. They wrote so produced by Will Ferrell, Wendy McClendon Covey, Damon Wayans, Jamie Dornan, Vanessa Bayer, Damon Wayans Jr. Sorry, not Damon Wayans. Um, so it's got to be best friends. It's got to be kind of low their, budget, is my guess. Yeah, leave their small Midwestern town for the first time to go on vacation in Vista Del Mar, Florida. Yeah, it's probably real cheap, cheap to make this. Where they soon find themselves tangled up in adventure, love, and a villain's plot to kill everyone in town. And he'd have gotten away. He'd have gotten away with it with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Hey, look! And, and there's your, a movie on dog. There's a there's a movie on the June twenty July twenty third. It's about me. What's it called? Old. Old? Oh yeah. God. <laughs> Josh, uh, directed by this Barbin star, go to this Delmar, uh, directed by Josh Greenbaum. So there you go. Um, there you go. The, yeah. Uh, the Tomorrow War. What the hell is the the Tomorrow War? That sounds 
awful. It sounds like an asylum movie. Hey, at least it's not today. Oh, God. Or like a Neil Breen movie. Um, <laughs> the Tomorrow War. Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahovski, uh, Betty Gilpin. Pretty good looking cat. Sam Richardson, J.K. Simmons. Military science fiction film directed by Chris McKay. That's the guy that did the uh, Lego Batman movie. Fate of a futuristic war rests upon one man's abilities to confront the ghosts of his past. <laughs> humanity, humanity is losing to an alien invasion. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Back, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm yeah, almost make... done. Go. So, so to fight back, scientists develop a way to draft soldiers from the past to fight the war. Holy shit. Draft soldiers from the past? So, hey, hold on. Listen I'll take Achilles. Achilles. Listen to the names. Chris Pratt as Barney Gamble, the futuristic of a military... The future. They, they missed a word, clearly. The futuristic <laughs> something of a military gunnery sergeant. Yvonne Strahovski as Vicky Winslow. Betty Gilpin as Lily Gamble. Keith Powers as Christopher Danson. Mike Mitchell as Dan Holtz. Sam Richardson as Gator Gamble, J.K. Simmons as Slade Highsmith. I wonder where he's from. I think he's from the Old West. Good Lord, Slade Highsmith. Slade Highsmith. Oh my! Theo this Vaughn feels. Is hold on, this what feels very Vaughn? like. Um, this has got to be like comedy something. Like the fact it just says military sci-fi action. This has got to be wacky there's no way this is for real no but you got someone from the old west you have to have someone that's like from greece or something you have to get like maximus or whatever you got to get no like, uh... but like they have to be like american it's not gonna oh, have to be, be american like... okay yeah so it's well, like so you're gonna have somebody from like probably from 1776 or something you're gonna have an old west like civil war probably you're gonna have this is World like War II. This is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, basically. I guess American it's soldiers. Gonna be, it's gonna be stupid. Except there's no there's no raping people to death. I hope not. Um, what? No, I hope that there's no raping people to death. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I certainly because I, as you said I, earlier in this episode, you're not one for you're not one to think raping is good. Yes, I am very much against that. You know, right. I'm not, and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, <laughs> August, uh, Deepwater, uh, what the, oh, Deepwater, it's an Adrian Line movie, so, oh, this is the one with Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus. So there are people that are freaking out about that movie, like, it's a married couple whose fraught open relationship seems to lead to the deaths of those who get involved with them, and it's poised to bring eroticism to Mr. Marlowe, and back to him, Jesus. I'm yeah. sure it'll be great. Like, Adrian Line, he's basically, he made Unfaithful, whoop de doo but the reason Unfaithful is popular is because of Diane Lane. It's not because of Adrian Lyne. Um, <laughs> the Beatles get back. Uh, that's the Peter I, Jackson and, documentary. And, and I, I agree. And I agree, Diane Lane. You, you agree Definitely, with Diane yeah, Sure. Yes. <laughs> really stepping out there. Yep, really yep. Uh, yep. Making, making a big... Uh, yeah, so I heard about the get back thing. He's got some film of like... He's got some lost footage. Yeah. Got like a hundred hours. And so whatever. he's so he's basically doing the um, it will never grow old or whatever. With the, yeah, the Beatles will never grow old after the Hobbit. Peter Jackson's probably just done making feature films. Oh my god! Yeah, hell yeah! I don't blame him. <laughs> okay, so hold on. So I had no idea that Jordan Peele is redoing Candyman. He's producing it. He's not directing producing it. it. Have you seen the yeah. original? Uh, no, I it is of those movies from that era. It's pretty good. But it's a hell of a story. I mean, 
just don't look in the mirror three times and say Candyman. And uh, and the story. So the story of Candyman is, if you don't know it, um, dude. I guess um, uh, way back, I want to say somewhere in like Louisiana, back in the Vengeful early ghost. Vengeful ghost of African American man who was brutally murdered for a forbidden interracial love affair in the 19th century and would haunt and kill anyone who called the name of Candyman before a mirror five times in a row. Oh, five times. So, so he, uh, well, so three is fine. So he would have like, uh, I guess he got stung to death by like thousands of bees. And so when he would manifest himself, he would be just this tall, angular. No, he'd have some jacket on or something like that, like a trench coat. And then he would open it up and you would just see sort of like a body that's just covered in bees and stuff. And he would have this hand that was cut off that's now hook and take you out. And that was kind of it. And I'm trying to think who the actress was, the blonde actress in the early 90s that was... Virginia uh, Madsen. Yeah, Virginia Madsen, who is like most known for doing like your Skinamax stuff uh, in the (laughs) late 80s. So... Um, so Nia, it's directed by Nia DaCosta, who actually signed on to direct Captain Marvel 2 for Disney, so, or Marvel, Disney. Um, so yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they saw an early cut of it and was like, that's, we need to get her. Or maybe she did some, she probably did some indie movie beforehand that was, like, really good. And, uh, uh, hold on, let me see. Hotel she did a movie called Little Woods. Which ninety six percent on Tomato, seventy four on Metacritic, uh, and then she did a movie called Oh, she did two episodes of a sh- two episodes of a show called Top Boy, and now she's doing Candyman. Now she's gonna do Captain Marvel too. So she probably came real cheap, uh, and she so Jordan Peele was a co writer with Nia DaCosta and Win Rosenfeld. Yes, that is Win Rosenfeld. Um, <laughs> More anticipated films. So have you heard? So, so did you ever hear the story that um, Red Fox did when he was on Sanford and Son? No. So so Red Fox. Because I've watched so much Sanford and Son. Okay. So how would so, I know that? Oh God! Hang hang on. Hang on a second, because I have to get the story. So, so Red Fox, um, you know, did stand up comedy and stuff like that, and then he got Sanford and Son, which was a show that ran from about seventy two to seventy seven, and um, Sanford and Son had writers and red really? fox red fox was not uh, a writer on the show so what were these writers last names i wonder i'm 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 working on it here for you so so oh god so, so give me a minute here was wait was Sanford and Son one of the norman lear yeah, not I, not officially it was actually taken from no it was probably a norman it was probably a Norman Lear. Yes, executive thing. producers Bud Yorkin and Norman Lear, who went uncredited. Okay, producers so Aaron Aaron Rubin. Yeah, Rubin? Aaron, Aaron Rubin. Rubin. Yeah. So, so so Rubin. So so basically, on this show, didn't um, you play Rubin in uh, Joseph and the? Uh, yeah, but whatever. that was Rubin. It was spelled Rubin like the nice, uh, right? The, the the nice sandwich as the compared sauerkraut. to um, yes, exactly. So um. So that shows on there. He does really well. And there's a window of time that, um, you know, I think um, in, as the show progressed after a couple of years, Red, Red Fox was not the most stable of people when he worked there. And um, um, after a window of time, he was sort of like, um, 
you know, he was saying, you know, we need to get some black writers in here. So, the, hey, hey, writers room, which were all um, of a certain religious. Uh, they know, were Jewish. Could, right. If it's and he factual, said, just yes, say they were Jewish. Yes. And so um, uh, he says, fine. So he brings in some of these new writers here and he looks at he starts looking at these scripts for the first week or two. And he's like, he, he's just noticing it's just terrible. And then um, Fred, 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 and so so Red Fox literally goes and yells, "Hey, someone bring me back my Jews!" Oh my God! <laughs> right, right there on the set. But but I mean, you know, I mean, Red Fox. That was probably the least controversial thing he did. If you could even, uh, um, while he was on the show, if you could even think of like, uh, if you even consider that controversial. Anyway. Go ahead. All right. Let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> are we in September or no? Uh, well, mo- most anticipated. So you have. Uh, Wait, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard? Is that. Um... Yeah, that's a, it is a sequel oh, to Perlo Duto, Perlo Duto, Perlo Duto. <clears throat> it is a sequel to the Sam Jackson. Is Bobby. Is Bobby. Is Bobby. Is Bobby in that movie? <laughs> is he getting paid for that? I don't know. But I've shown you that scene, right? That yes, I, I've okay. seen the movie. Right, but you know, um, right, you know the scene. I know the scene. Yes, uh, it made 176 million dollars on like a 35 million dollar budget, and you because, saw yeah, every yeah. dollar of it on the screen. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, that came out like August, whatever, and had no competition for like six weeks. Right. So people just kept seeing it. Uh, Hotel Transylvania for this the Suicide Squad, which is the James Gunn half reboot. Don't Breathe Two, which you know happened the first one. Like, uh, they, hang, hang on, hang on. They died from lack of oxygen. It's probably hilarious. Stephen Lang was trying to impregnate one of the girls with like a turkey baster. Crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. They did that. You know what? They did that in Pink Flamingos, a John Waters movie already. That was done in the early seventies. Oh, but yeah. don't just that... do yourself a favor. Just don't watch Pink Flamingos because Divine literally eats dog shit on camera. That's, that's disgusting. That, but uh... not the most disgusting thing. Well, but that's the whole point is she's trying to, well, she, Divine, is trying to become the most disgusting person out there. Anyway, good. Untitled Blumhouse Productions Project, August 13th. Yeah, Hitman's Vice Bodyguard. September, everybody plays Dress Up, Death on the Nile. All right. Um, so you get to see Gal Gadot and some Russell dress. Brand, Letitia Way, yeah. Is that Gal? On uh, the, is that Gal on the trail? Uh, yeah, 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 that's her. Mm-hmm. That's Army Hammer. Um, good for him, I guess. Uh, it's the worst, worst looking mustache I think I've ever seen. Jesus. Unless he talks like this. No, my God. Oh, you, you cocksucker, you. <laughs> I fought uh, in your general direction. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> your mother was uh, a hamster. Yeah. Your father <laughs> smelt of elderberries. Now go away. I'll have to taunt you a second time. Uh, Death on the Nile, Letitia Wright. I wonder. I wonder how Letitia Wright's career is looking after her comments. Um, Hang on, Jackass Four. Like, oh yes. Like, didn't Johnny Knoxville like break his neck or something like that? Or, I mean, he's basically just trying to kill himself on camera at this point. Uh, but it's like, which I do not want to happen. No, but it, th- this is going to get sad because you're literally going to see like. At some point, they're going to be men. Yeah, or sixty-five-year-old men, literally. Like, hey, it's jackass. We're going to try to, we're going to try to step off this curb and not break our hip. <laughs> what it's going to turn into? <laughs> oh my god! You know he tore his urethra. 
That has got to be. That is just like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How? I don't know, but it happened. That's all I need to know. I don't think I want to know how. <laughs> okay. Like you know, my number one fear. It's catheters. Catheters, yes. And just the idea of, I mean, I just start getting lightheaded, short of breath. My thing, tearing your your the pain, like it must be ridiculous. Moving on, uh, Resident Evil, another GD Resident Evil. Yeah, it's wait, um, maybe is Mila, maybe this is, is like Mila a, Jojovich going to be in this or Jovovich? I don't think so. I think this is going to be like a real Resident Evil, like just haunted house type thing. I don't think it's going to be like this post-apocalyptic bullshit, bullshit that Paul W.S. Anderson was doing. Okay. Um, the Boss Baby Family Business. Oh, God. <laughs> Untitled Universal Event Film. Event Film. Okay. Okay. Um, October Dune. They have, to be, they have to be putting that in the theaters. That's got, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Yeah, in theaters. Um, but it's going to be um, simultaneous. So. For now. Uh, more Halloween Kills, uh, which is the sequel to the Halloween movie that came out a couple years ago, which was when they retconned so that only the first Halloween existed. Um, now this is Halloween Kills, and then I forget what the last one's called because they're gonna come out. They're gonna come out with another one that's gonna be called like you know Halloween Kills Again or something. Okay. Know. Um, hold on. What's it called? What's Halloween ends? That's what it is. <laughs> Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Yeah, it does end November first, twelve a.m. Um, so they gonna come out with one called like All Saints Day or something? Or, okay, you're, you're you're beating it to death, man. Whatever. I thought that was good. Is Mike? Um, I mean, is is Michael Myers still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. I mean, speaking of you know. speaking of stepping off a curb and breaking your <laughs> hip, I mean that movie came out forty two years ago, the first one. Yeah, but I mean, how old was he in the first one? Like twenty, right? Yeah, 16. let's let's say, yeah, he's sixty two. But whatever. Take good care of yourself. Wasn't hey. so Jamie Lee Curtis was in the first one, I think, right? Yeah, she yeah she was in she was in the most recent one too. All right. Uh, you want to tell your story about your little legend about Jamie Lee Curtis that you think is so hilarious? The one, which one, I mean, there's one legend out there where people thought that she was a dude. Yeah. And she was just, they just raised her a certain way or whatever. I, I don't even recall. I just know it's like urban legend. I just remember Miss Ann being like, what? And you were like, you don't know about this? Yeah. It's like an urban legend. She was, she was. She's actually a guy, I think. Hang on, dude. Google it. See, Jamie I'm not Lee. Google it. I just, I, it's whatever. Uh, November. Oh wait, hold on. October. Snake Eyes. GI Joe Origins. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Well, when did they do? So wait, they did. They. They did GI Joe. Long-standing rumor. Here we go. Long-standing rumor. That Jamie Lee Curtis acknowledged oh in an interview she was born with both male and oh the male and female sex organs. Um, the stories keep circulating around Hollywood. Jamie Lee Curtis, born from Aphrodite, had to undergo surgery after birth in order to become legally female. So, and I mean that's that's up there with the um, Ava Goda died Rod, or Rod Stewart, you know, 
passed out and they, they passed out of the concert. They had to take him to uh what was it? It's up there. They had to take it. You didn't. Oh my God. The, the, <laughs> so, so, so this was amazing about the seventies and I don't know how it was possible because the internet didn't exist. So there's a rumor that went around in the seventies. So Rod Stewart became kind of like famous in the early seventies. And I can't remember what song it was at first, but by the, by the mid to late seventies, he was sort of everywhere. And um, so there's a story about him and I'm pretty sure it was Rod Stewart that he passed out at a concert and, you know, they had to, uh, they had to pump his stomach and they found so many ounces of dog cum in his stomach Whoa, or, 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 or cum or, or, or something like that. But it always involved passing out. It always involved like Rod Stewart or some other <laughs> celebrity of some level passing out, stomach getting pumped. And cum being found in his stomach, so so this so this is the amazing thing about that story, and I don't Everyone know how it knew spread. about it. Everyone in the seventies knew about it. There was no internet. You could have gone to Anchorage, Alaska, and they said, right. "Do you hear the story about Rod Stewart?" And you wouldn't even yeah, get the got out coming. of his mouth. He's like, "Oh yeah, he passed out. He had to get a stomach pump. They found cum in his stomach." Two, you could probably go to Germany, and they would know the exact story, and you're like. How does everyone know this? There's no communal mechanism of like the internet or something like that where these, there's no Twitter, there's nothing like that, but somehow everyone knew that. And I guess, I guess it sort of came out like Rod like pissed off his manager and like because maybe he didn't rehire his manager, he fired his manager and the manager just started going out and spreading a rumor. And I swear to God, that was like damn near the most effective rumor. But all you have to do is look up passed out I, stomach pumped, i don't come i don't usually rod the, stewart i don't need the powers that be like <laughs> knowing i looked that up okay but, um but but how does that uh, the, well, what's the, the richard what's the richard gear what, what the like richard gear story yeah yeah i mean i mean the richard gear story was he had to go to the hospital because he was shooting gerbils and i'm doing the air quotes when i say that and so for the uninitiated, of which I am uninitiated, I'll share with y'all, shooting gerbils is when you take the cardboard tube of the inside of a roll of toilet paper and you oh, jam it up your asshole <laughs> and you let a gerbil just climb up as, as um, uh, South Park so eloquently uh, uh, showed on an episode years ago about all the gerbils, gerbils that crawled up dude's ass and died. I don't know. Did you ever see that video? I mean, no. Oh, Bob, oh, no, Bobby. So, oh, no, but it turned into like a musical sort of thing. You should text your brother about the gerbil episode on South Park. I'm good. I don't need so, to see that. So the story was, is like he was shooting gerbils. And let's just say that the the um, the tube was, had to be strong enough. Uh, obviously, cardboard, you think, wouldn't hold because that's sort of a tight, you know, tight musculature around there that sort of can close. And let's just say that the tube fell out and shut and it was just up there walking around and they had to go take him to the hospital to get surgery to get the gerbil removed. That was the other uh, urban <laughs> legend, which was right. less certainly believable than, let's say, the, the pumping of a stomach. But that was another one. That said, um, the idea that things can get caught up people's asses to some extent, I'm like, well, I guess anything is possible, but it's nowhere near as uh, 
it can't be anywhere near as common as what's been said. And let's just say that uh, stories I have heard from maybe people that I'm married to, you'd be shocked at how common it is of the sort of things that's, and the size that's, that's, that people decide to um, oh. insert into their rectums. <laughs> okay. So. All right. So how we got there. Oh, yeah. The Jamie Lee Curtis thing. Right? The Jamie Lee uh, Curtis reference. Yeah. Yeah. The Ross. The Ross yeah. That's, that's crazy. Because then you think about how did that happen? Then your mind goes to these places and you're like, ah, okay, I'm good. Um, so November, you have a Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie, which is like a match made in hell. I mean, like, oh my God. Who, is, Luhrmann, who is playing Elvis? Uh, it's the dude. It's like his name's Austin something. But it's the dude in Once Upon a Time of Hollywood who played. Oh my God! Jack. Tom Hanks is playing Tom, Colonel Parker. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I guess. But it's the Austin Butler. It's the dude that played Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The the guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. There you go. Uh, Eternals, Marvel movie, Angelina Jolie and Buff. Could- Steroided out and Kumail Nanjiani. Could yeah. oh, so is that why he's doing what he's doing? I mean, the fact that he's still kind of buff, he clearly is sticking with whatever worked for him. Uh, I saw so many comments. I saw so many comments. It's like, look, I'm all for health or healthier lifestyle, and there's no doubt he's probably taking better care of himself. But guy's definitely cycling, and I'm like, okay, um, there's no question he is. I mean, if you look at his shoulders, it's like, dude, like you're not pumping that much. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, you can get he's in better got, shape. He's got help. I, yes, I believe you there. Okay. I do not believe you when you basically say every actor that gets in amazing shape has help. Gets help. Oh, I think no. they do. I think they do. If only, and so, I'm not. No, but, so, but here's the deal. So Michael B. Jordan got help when he did Creed in. Uh, uh, listen, listen. Black I'm not Black. saying I'm not saying that these people don't have the ability to get there, but what you fail to recognize is there are things called time frames that <laughs> they have to get there in a certain window of time. So yeah, it's but, one thing to but, say I'm working out and doing everything else. I just yeah. need that extra extra hip check so that by. By February twelfth, I'm where I need to be. I can. I'm peaking. And I then. believe you on Kumail Nanjiani because it happened so fast. But like, when you're like Chris Hemsworth, who's like six four, already in good shape, and you're given seven months, dude. But it, I'm like, you can listen. Do whatever. When I'm saying, when I'm saying, they now, get wait, help. Walmart I'm not saying right now. Walter uh, no. like 50, what he's doing right now, I believe you. He's on, no, but, he's got help. But, no, but here's the deal. When I'm saying they get help, I'm not saying that they're getting horse steroids jammed into their eyeballs three times Yeah, they're a taking day. like human growth hormones. Yeah, but I'm whatever. also saying it's like. Eugenics. Yeah, but it's also like, I'm not even Frank saying Thomas, they're doing like a full cycle. Frank Thomas, looking at Frank Thomas commercials. <laughs> I, mean, I get what God. you're saying. I'm just saying they're just getting that little extra edge to sort okay. of pe- get the last. 15% because I just need this little bit more vascularity. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, because I mean, it's really about also, time frames. If you look at like Kumail Nanjiani's like jaw, it's like, dude. Yes. Yes. I know. You saw it. You saw the picture of him sitting at a table. 
why is there one certain picture of him sitting at a table where it's like what the hell no his 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 jo- he doesn't even look like himself um his jaw <laughs> his jaw is like jutting out even more and i'm like dude what are you you know when when you are when your muscles are so when you've worked your muscles so much that the muscles in your face has sort of changed <laughs> the way you're looking that's where it's like, all right, dude, you need to slow it down a bit here. And that's not, listen, he's not sitting I'll there. I'll be a living guy. Yeah, I mean, he's not sitting there doing like, you know, neck things or jaw exercise. I mean, it's just sort of what comes with it. I mean. Yeah, he's getting the Barry Bonds head. Um, so you have Mission Impossible 7. Uh, <laughs> if Tom Cruise stops yelling, they can probably get something done. Um but no, I'm, I'm seriously. I am looking forward to that. Christopher McQuarrie's back. So basically, I, what I heard was they're directing this and number eight back to back, and then that'll be the end. It's it's seven and eight, and then they're done. That's so time. Like, I mean, he's he's how old is he? Is he about sixty? He's almost sixty. Yeah, he'll be yeah, sixty. I mean, he can't do this shit. Twenty twenty two. Hey man, the Scientology juices. You know, you don't know. You don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <up. laughs> um. Uh, then there's Clifford the Big Red Dog on Fresca. November 5th. Fresca. Fresca. Oh, yeah, Fresca. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Spider-Man 3, which is looks like, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be a spider live-action Spider-Verse movie. Um, King Richard. Oh, King Richard. That's the – Will Smith is playing the Williams sister's dad. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I literally thought for a minute, and I'm like, Oh, you like thought it was Lear? like a British like period. Lear? Yeah, like what is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Richard the <Yeah>. Third. <laughs> yeah, Richard. Yeah, December oh, West Side Story. Wait, wait, Gucci. What's Gucci? That's the one I just talked. We talked about it in the MGM thing. That's the. Uh, it's a Ridley Scott movie. Lady Gaga's playing um, some person who killed some Patricia Reggiano. So I don't know if she like killed. Gucci or something? I, I, I don't... Hold on. Who's... Maurizio Adam Driver, Gucci. Jared Leto, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro? Yeah, I said that when we were doing the thing. Yeah, she oh, it's murdered... a real... It's a real... Mar- yes, yeah, okay. she murdered Mauricio Gucci. So there you go. Okay, I'm good. He was the son of Rodolfo Gucci. And Gucci... Gu- ah, I got a go! <laughs> yeah, it's like Gucci um, Gucci was his name. I mean... Have you, have you heard the... Anthony Cumbia doing the Italian. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is so much. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, you're making a sandwich here. You go get the sausage and the prosciutto. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I wonder what's better, that or the. I think I have more positive angle. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't do that one. Don't do that one because of, because I'm not you gonna know, say what you know, reference to pumping of uh, be, because stomachs being pumped wasn't bad enough. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, um, so West Side Story is finally gonna come out. I guess it's Steven Spielberg. I, that um, that in my opinion, that's gonna bomb. Uh, well, I know Miss Ann doesn't want to see it. 
No. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be in it? You'll say like the first syllable. Uh, no. No. We're not going. Uh, the Matrix Four. Um. Okay. I guess That's, we're doing um, this. That is. Uh, I don't understand who's asking for it. Matrix. The third Matrix. I don't know if I dragged you to see it. It wasn't very no, good. No, you dragged me to see two. And Trinity and Neo, were, there was a sex scene. And you were like, yeah, shut your eyes. Like, you didn't even put your hand over. You just like, how, yeah. how old were you? Came out in 03, so I was six. Came out early 03. Thanks. Hey, hey, everyone. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, Father of the Year. Well, I saw Passion of the Christ with Mom when I was eight. So, you know. It is what it is, I guess. Hey, I took uh, I took Bobby to see Speed when he was three. Yeah, but like that's that. where you're. Well, no, he's three, so there's some stuff you, you catch. Like you're gonna remember. Hang on, hang on. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I took, I took you and your brother to see Disclosure, where Demi Moore is like coming on to, um. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. And I'm thinking you weren't even a year old at that point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that is that I think that'll take it right there. Yep. That'll uh I did hang on. I did take you to oh, see gosh. I did when you were like three really weeks just old. Digging your grave no, hold on, no, 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 no. But when you were like two or three weeks old, you, me, Bobby, and your mom went to see Hushback and Notre Dame. So that was the first movie. Yeah, you, you told me about that. That's the first movie you went to. Not that you remember it. No, I don't. You were quiet though. So I, well, I'm, was it the I'm Baron, still proud of or you. not the Baron? Wasn't the Bishop like coming on? Wasn't he really creepy? Wasn't he like yes, insinuating yes. he was basically going to violate somebody? Like, there's some creepy stuff in there. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's. I think it's almost even. I think the implications were even more than that. The implication. Yeah, uh, I mean, more anticipated films. Sing two. Also coming from Illumination Entertainment and Sherlock Holmes three. After ten years, we're gonna get Sherlock Holmes three. Wait, wait, okay. Cyrano. I don't know what that is. You don't know the story of Cyrano de Bergerac? Uh, hold on, Cyrano de Bergerac. And there was a Steve Martin movie that was based on that came out in the eighties. That was pretty good. His work was part of the libertine literature of the first half of the seventeenth century. Peter Dinklage is best known as Peter Dinklage is Cyrano. That's interesting. Oh. Ben Mendelssohn. So, so, the, so the story is that Cyrano de Bergerac is this. Uh, I God, it was it was a story from. It was a story that probably takes place in the 1600s, is my guess, or something like that. And Cyrano de Bergerac is this uh, guy who has this very big nose, very long nose. Like, not like big nose, like the Roman nose that's sort of arching forward, but I mean like long as shit, like five inches long, Pinocchio-ish sort of going. Um, And there's this guy who falls in love with this, or he's really attracted to this woman, and but he's not the best communicator. And so what happens is um, Cyrano says, I'll help you out. I will tell you exactly what to say and you can sort of um, just use my verbal techniques to help you sort of get in with her. And so he, there's this scene where he is speaking to her um, 
through like a window and but he's literally just being told what to say by Cyrano de Bergerac but then in the process of this Cyrano falls in love with um the girl herself and um and then she finds out that Cyrano is actually the one who is uh the girl the Cyrano is actually the one who uh is giving these words. So what is this like the dude. setup for like every rom com where? Well, yeah, I, I mean that's at the earpiece. Well, well, but, it's like this well, is what you say. Well, well, this wasn't necessarily a comedy as such. You know who? You know who played the most famous film version of this was played by Jose Ferrer, um, okay. who was an actor from the forties whose whose yep. son Miguel Ferrer is related um, to George Clooney. Yep, I I know. Oh, he is related to George Clooney. I just know he was the guy from uh, RoboCop and passed a few years ago. And yeah, he was in Iron Man three, but yeah, because yeah. he's yeah, okay. he's it's Rosemary Clooney's uh, son. I mean, Miguel. Okay, that's right. Rosemary Clooney's married to Jose Ferrer. So yeah, yeah. so so Jose Ferrer played Cyrano de Bergerac in a film movie. So now okay. this is being made with Peter Dinklage, and I'm like, ah, and so instead Fort of giving Myers her thing, own Fort Myers own Haley Bennett. So there you go, as Roxanne. That? She's she's an actress. I mean, oh, okay. She's been in stuff. Ben Mendelsohn as De Degouche, Deguish. Yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you. You know, I had to read. I think Cyrano de Bergerac in high school. <clears throat> so, and I ended up seeing the movie because let's just say I didn't read it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's um, just say, like, <laughs> um, and uh, so you know, and but so so here so the movie so Steve Martin was in a version of this in eighty six eighty seven called Roxanne. And Daryl Hannah played the Roxanne character. And uh, Steve Martin plays a firefighter, I want to say, somewhere in, like, Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it, it kind of plays as a comedy. It's very cute. I want to it came out in, like, 87. Um, and, like, there's, there's pretty famous. Uh, it, there are bits in the movie that Steve Martin did that mirror exactly, like, stuff from this book. Or I guess it was probably a play. It wasn't even a book. But Cyrano dies at the end of the original story. Obviously, does not die at the end of uh, the Steve Martin version. I'd hazard guess likely doesn't die at this. But the fact that Peter Dinklage is playing Cyrano, then he's probably not playing him with a big nose. He's probably playing him as a little person, is my guess. Is sort of like the, the spin on it. So, um, so other films with no release date. There's a movie called Soggy Bottom by Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't think it's about the Soggy Bottom Boys. Uh, I, I wonder though if it's about um, uh, bluegrass music. It might be, maybe. General. Uh, well, it takes place in the seventies in the San Fernando Valley, so it definitely it. not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stars Bradley Cooper, Alana Hyam, Cooper Hoffman, and Benny Safdie. Um, so there. Uh, the card one name I know and three names I have no clue. Cooper Hoffman's okay. son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, Benny Safdie, is one of the Safdie brothers who directed uh, Uncut Gems. I don't know who oh. Alana, Alana Hyam is. Um, but Alana Hyam. Uh, <laughs> Not as in Hyam? Uh, I don't know. It's spelled H-A-I-M. So, no, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, is that – is she in the music group Hyam? Hold on. Hold on. This is important. This is very important, actually. Soggy yes, bottom. she is. Oh, my God. The Hyam sisters. Hey, stop Stop patting yourself on the back for the deep pull there. And okay. guess what? <laughs> they are Jewish. So there you go. Um, 
So I'm seeing that is basically what that means. Your um, right, dude. Your radar is like uh... <laughs> it's a, it's built up over many years. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I just don't want to be like I meet somebody, they introduce themselves, and it's like I repeat their last name, like ah, you know, like hey, wait, 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 wait. Did you say Goldberg? <laughs> no, no, no. But I just don't want to be like. I, you know, I got a, I got a good feeling about you. Like, I don't want to be like. No, no, no. Here, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna introduce to someone, and what's gonna happen is your neck is gonna snap forward like a millimeter, and your eyes are just gonna get a little bit wider, and then you're gonna tense up a little bit because you're gonna say like, "Holy shit, did someone see me do that?" <laughs> but that's gonna. Well, like, oh. you know the, you know the little like cocked head that Ron Atkinson does when he said at the, as the devil when he's like uh informal as well as infernal and then he does this little like that's just a little joke we like yeah I feel like yeah. I'll just do that little uh, okay mm. Like, mm. yeah <laughs> yeah right uh the French Dispatch Wes Anderson movie set in a fictional French city Francis McDormand Bill Murray Timothy Chalamet Benicio del Toro Jeffrey Wright Lissette um sounds about right so you know there's that uh a movie called antlers directed by scott cooper so that means there will probably be some good performances but on the whole the movie will be subpar because (laughs) those are the types of movies that scott cooper makes like black mass and you know crazy heart oh god Uh, black mass jeez i forgot i forgot about that movie yeah where johnny depp looks like a ghoul um yeah but i mean i was like that movie was still okay but that did not that had zero sticking power you know what i mean yeah exactly that's why it came out in september not november because it came right before the oscar wave uh-huh. uh pinocchio this is the guillermo del toro co-directed pinocchio so i'm sure you know it'll be he's directing it with matteo jaron uh, matteo jaron okay okay <laughs> Uh, but you know they actually released a Pinocchio movie this year, and Roberto Benigni was in it. But it was, and it wasn't directed by him. But it was actually pretty good. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because he directed that awful one right after he did Life Is Beautiful. He directed um, it. He was in it. Yeah, and he, yeah, I mean, yes, he was also in it. But it was completely bombed. Uh, yeah, Nightmare an aw- awful, awful is an understatement. Yeah, it's like considered one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Alley, uh, which is Guillermo del Toro solo picture that he's doing, uh, based on William Lindsay Gresham's pulpy 1946 novel about the rise and fall of a man working at a disreputable carnival. Uh, uh, I think the, the word ca- is dis- the cast the, the cast is, dis- is an, what? Go ahead. The word is disreputable. What I say? Ahead. Disreputable. Disreputable. Yeah, disreputable. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, the cast is an embarrassment of riches that's what it says an embarrassment of riches bradley cooper as the ambitious carney kate kate blanchett yes please as a manipulative psychiatrist and willem dafoe tony collette richard jenkins ron perlman and rooney mara jesus okay yeah uh ron perlman um uh kate blanchett there you go that could fall in the convention not conventionally attractive kate blanchett probably yeah that's she was on the list Oh, she was okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I haven't listened to that episode, so. Well, um, get on it, man. Yeah, Bergman Island, uh, semiotic biographical. Wait, 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 what's it called? 
<laughs> it's called Bergman Island. Bergman uh, Island. Okay. Stars Mia Wasikowska and Anders Danielson. I literally, Anders thought Danielson. It's like, a, it's like a so. Oh God! And romantic partners who travel to a remote Faroe Island where Ingmar Bergman lives to write their respective next screenplays. Okay. Oh, okay. Eh, all right, whatever. It's it's another movie about making movies. You'll love it. Yeah, I'll fucking hate that shit. Um, Ing- Ingmar Bergman though. Yeah, I'll watch his movies. I don't need to watch a movie about two people dude, who go to write screenplays dude, at a place dude, where he once lived. Dude, try to mu- do you su- try to muscle through the seventh sign. You mean the seventh seal? Or seal. Seventh sign was an awful Demi where Moore death movie, yeah. plays chess with a knight or whatever. Yes, but it's Why like is it slow. It, it's not that it's slow, but it's like my God, it's like I'm. I'm just trying to see a movie. I'm not trying to sort of grasp the meaning of existence. You know, you just come out of a movie with some sort of weird existential crisis. And it's like, and essentially that's, I mean, that's good old Max, sort of the, one of the movies that made him famous. And, right. you know, he just comes back from fighting the Crusades and tries to understand it all so which is like yeah that's, movie, that's that's like a bit heavy but there's this movie annette adam driver is a stand-up comedian marion cotillard is the opera star he marries musical featuring original songs from sparks and it's leos carax's full english language debut his first film since 2012's holy motors so what I sort of don't comic, have a good feeling about what that. sort of comic if you were to pick a current comic today uh, that is performing what style do you think that Adam Driver or whose comic style do you think that Adam Driver is going to ape here um, in this um, uh, that's a good question Louis CK no, I don't think it's Louis C.K. Is he going to be like a Jesselnik type? Yeah. Like that's a jackass? More. Uh, maybe not a ja- uh, No, but I mean, it's, Jesselnik is sort of this. Yeah, he, you know. the, the pseudo-douche. Yeah. Throw away, but, and, and but he's, he's more known as being a, the dark, yes. the real dark comic. Yeah, like he'll be that or he'll be like the... I wish it was like Mitch Hedberg. That'd be great. Um, but no, it's gonna be. It's, he's gonna be like John Mulaney, probably. Oh, see, but uh, okay. I don't I'm, see. I'm not I saying that's what he should should be, but I think that's, that's what, what they'll make him. They'll make him. Yeah. But oh, you're saying just knowing Adam Driver, who would he be? Or you're saying what would he be in this movie? No, knowing. Who in this movie, the style of comic, do you think yeah, that Adam Driver is going to be? Do you think he's going to be a John Mulaney? Okay, that's that. That is uh, not what I would expect. He's going to be Mulaney, or he's going to be like Seth Meyers. Like that's what he's going to be. I feel like. Wow. But, yeah, I, you should see Seth Meyers' latest special. It's 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 pretty good, actually. I'm good. Um, whatever. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through here. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, dude, I'm busy doing podcasts. We're going to crack three hours. Go ahead. Well, hey, you know, people know. They want more content. People are content hungry. You know? uh, 
Okay, go ahead. <laughs> don't don't worry, darling. So this is the next directed movie with Olivia Wilde. Uh, and Shia LaBeouf was in it, but then she kind of kicked him out. Oh, and Harry Styles, Harry Styles is now in it, and now Olivia Wilde is robbing the cradle, and she's dating. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, was formerly uh, married, then single, and now it's her Styles. Cradle. How old is she? Um, she's like thirty-eight, isn't she? And how old is he? Mid twenties. Twenty twenty-five. <sighs> I mean, look. I'm, what, what, obviously, you know, it, it was, obviously she's not robbing. Obviously she's not robbing the what's, what's Emma Thompson bitching about? Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Olivia, she's thirty six. Olivia Cockburn, because that's her real name. That's um, unfortunate. That's a dubious name. Good. Uh, Harry Styles is twenty six, so there's a ten year gap. So you know, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of girls go crazy over Harry Styles. Good for him. Um, I, I could not. I could not. If he was walking down the street, I, I've heard the name. You wouldn't recognize him? Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but like she had this thing like Olivia Wilde like kicked out Shia LaBeouf to hire hairstyles. But I guess Olivia Wilde and Shia LaBeouf, like they have a beef that goes back like years when she directed like a music video, but Shia LaBeouf did his own cut. And she, he went to her and was like, oh, yeah, I want you to see this or whatever. She's like, yeah, I'll consider it. But he sent an email like, great jazz players learn when to not play. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. So Olivia Wilde. But then isn't, isn't she a- hired him. She hired him to be on this movie. And then she fired him. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have a no assholes policy. It's like, you had an experience with this guy before. And you hired him back just to fire him again. Like, what's. And didn't he just go to rehab? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, I thought within the last week he just was going to the center. I mean, is he for real this time? Hasn't he been to rehab like 13 times? I mean, it just depends how serious you you want rehab to be. or How, how serious do you yeah, think That's a good rehab? point. Yeah, it's what you put in it. That's a good point. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think he's, I think he's coming down here. I think he's coming down here to Florida. I think. I just don't know where. I mean, I mean, not not, not that I'm lining up. To be like, yeah, I was about to say, oh, why would you care? No, I, I'm not. I just saw. I thought I saw some uh, article that said he was going to Florida to go to some center. Somewhere. Are you in the bathroom right now? Mm, maybe. Oh God, because I can hear the the echo. Well, not echo, but I can hear the dude. It's been. You're, I'm, it's I'm, been a long day. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a long podcast. I just had to. You know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Drain um, the main vein. Uh, that's. Hey, buddy, hold my seat. I gotta bleed the lizard. Um. Uh, let's see. Three thousand years of longing. George Miller, gearing up to shoot. Oh wait, no. George Miller's upcoming film. He described as anti Mad Max because then after he's gonna do, you know, Furiosa, the prequel. Uh, 3,000 years long epic fantasy romance starring Tilda Swinton as a lonely British woman who finds an antique bottle containing a Ginny or genie who's played by Idris, Idris Elba but is so embittered that she initially can't come up with a single wish if she's playing anybody like the girl the woman she played in uh, Michael Clayton or Burn After Reading there's no surprise why she's lonely um, <clears throat> but Stillwater, Tom McCarthy, who did um, Spotlight, 
Uh, Stillwater tells the story of an Oklahoma oil rig worker who travels to France to try to exonerate his daughter who's been in prison there for a crime she claims she didn't commit. You know, Hollywood, same old story, right? That's that's interesting. (laughs) Hollywood, same what? No, I'm saying because that's pretty unique. Like, Oklahoma oil rig worker goes to France to exonerate his daughter. Like, wow. So who was the the girl that was in the news about the murder? Amanda Knox. In Italy. Yeah. Was it Italy? No, it wasn't France, was it? I'm pretty sure it was Italy. Yeah. And she got off. Well, she didn't get off, but... No, yeah, she did get off. She got off. They were about to try her again, and I think they got her out of there before they could try her again. Yeah, convicted of the murder of Meredith Kircher, then subsequently exonerated in 2015. But they still think she did it. (coughs) Over in Italy, but she's out of there. Yeah, tragedy of... 2015. Was that 2015? Jesus, that was a while the ago. The tragedy of Macbeth, one of the signs that 2021 may be the end time, giving us a solo Cohen brother film. Uh, Joel Cohen writing and directing his take on the Shakespeare play. Um, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. What? So <laughs> Denzel Washington is basically going to be playing like this dickless guy who's controlled by his wife interesting yeah, that's uh that that would be interesting because that's the thing Macbeth is a pussy like throughout the whole thing like his wife is the one who's got the balls i'm sure i'm sure that'll change yeah, there's Macbeth, a reason there's a reason Den, there's a reason denzel signed on i'm sure he's gonna come across you know well he hasn't done much um <clears throat> what's his version of out out brief candle uh, but they're not. He's not doing Macbeth. It's a spin on Macbeth, isn't it? Yeah, but he did. He did do Shakespeare though, like twenty five years ago or whatever. Um, you think Keanu Reeves was in it? I'm trying I to think did Shakespeare too. I played Malcolm in Macbeth, and uh, when we read it for English in junior year of high school. So good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um Alas, all right York. there's a whole no. bunch of other stuff here wicked is supposedly coming out i doubt when it. when no it just undated 20 un even more undated films with 2021 potential so you have wicked Wick, wicked the, ain't coming are you fucking i the unbearable weight of massive talent that's the nick cage movie um yeah so anyways i think that about does it um I was going to talk about this ringer thing that I was looking up on Reddit uh, where I guess the union is just kind of going through a tough time because Bill Simmons just keeps hiring like contract work, like celebrities just to do like contract. Well, not celebrities, but like high profile people like he has this. There's a podcast with like Ryan Rucco and CeCe Sabathia. Mm -hmm. I was just reading about this thing where the union is just kind of pissed. But it's like People, there's a thing on Reddit where it's like, yeah, it's just a bunch of rich kids yelling at each other. <laughs> you mean you mean the writers for the Ringer? Yeah, because there's a Ringer union, and basically Bill's recent, you know, hiring practices, and they've just had like, because there's less than like 70 employees, but like they just had they had like eight or nine people leave in the last couple months, and like. Five of them were pretty high-profile people that came over from Grantland. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I'm, okay, so what's going on? And then I just read this thing on Reddit because there's this like LA Times article, but it's like, yeah, it's just a bunch of rich kids yelling at each other. That's what they said. So, so this <laughs> I is, thought that was so funny. So if you look at these writers for mm-hmm. um, not only The Ringer, but even sites like Vox for these sort of online brands that all talk about, oh, we're going to have these writer unions and stuff like that. A lot of these writers make like 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year. They don't make much money at all. And these are people, it is the ratio of level of education relative to the minimal amount of money that's made. Right. So, but, so listen, but, so hold on. But also, but also this huge platform to say whatever the hell they want. And it's like, y'all are smart people. If y'all aren't making enough money, go find another gig. And I don't mean like go write for someone else and get paid shit money there. Get out of the business. There's no money in it. Get the fuck out. Yeah, so it's like, so the ringer, you know, I I don't know how much people at the ringer make, but there's this thing where there was like, someone got a hold of like the labor, like the demands or the union demands or something. And there's like minimum salary, whatever. And then there's like guaranteed like promotion path or something. And somebody was like, are they fucking high? Like who, with however many employees you have, it's not like there's thousands upon thousands of employees. There's less than a hundred employees at this. What guaranteed? No, no, like, no. They'll just pass. create. They'll create a. They'll create a position. That's so, all. I'm like. So then I do a little digging. Like I look up. Okay, so where did like their people like go to college, right? And it's like, you know, Simmons went to Holy Cross, not cheap. No, but but he came he came for money. He tended bar. He yeah, never he's never like had a well. It's I, like I, the I say, one say the real one, job in the classic sense. Well, it's like the one or the couple guys I found. It's like who are there like most by the fan the ringer kind of like fan base. Like the guy Kevin O'Connor does a lot of their NBA stuff. Went to Bridgewater State University in Massachusetts. Okay, and then Shea Serrano went to Sam Houston State. Right. Yep. So then, like, their editors in chief, like, one guy went to, like, Ithaca College. Mm-hmm. Uh, another girl went to Syracuse. Um, they all probably wrote for the college papers, right? They yeah, all did like, that Chris stuff. Ryan, like, went to Emerson. And there's, like, bunch of, like Northwestern, Georgetown, like, all this stuff. And a lot of them are just basically mini Bill Simmons, essentially. Yeah, they're just people um, with opinions that can write a bit. Right. And it's like you're writing for a blog and you're basically just talking about pop culture. And uh, you know, Ringer sold to Spotify for 200 million or whatever. But people are like you know, crapping on Simmons for all this stuff. And I feel like the only thing I would crap on Simmons for, it's like him basically making these assertions that he is doing XYZ when he's really not. Because then you're just you're not telling the truth. Like you can you can be criticized by anyone for that. You're just lying your ass off. That's something. But this idea that like he needs to support, da, 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 it's like man, he's running, he's running a business, like whatever. But I just thought it was interesting that like, yeah, it, that's basically what it is. It's just a bunch of kids who are overqualified at doing whatever, just yelling at each other over. It's like you you got you you know you spent damn near two hundred thousand dollars on an education to go write for a blog. It's a it's, a, it's the noodle boy dynamic. <clears throat> and you know that's why people are like yeah i don't feel bad for the people at the union i don't feel bad for them at all 
because these people went to, you know, like their parents paid for them to go to some private school that cost 50 grand a year and they're writing for a website for however much money. And it's just like, mm, that's, it was just interesting thing that popped up that I wanted to briefly touch on. But anyways, that's, I was going to say, I, I was going to say it is, it is the noodle boy dynamic. Go to YouTube, Google occupy Wisconsin noodle boy. Um, and I think I've sent it to you about the guy who works for this noodles restaurant and about who's, oh, yeah. who's the owner. And, and they, they basically Simmons goes, he builds this platform. He hires people. He goes and sells the platform for hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. And they're all pissed off. He got paid when it's his business. And, Y'all don't have to work there, okay? And these are the rules of engagement when you work there. You choose to do what you do. No one's entitled to shit. If if you've got the juice, go start your own shit. You know what? As an online product, you could do it really cheap. Fuck. How much did it cost you to put this podcast together, Alex? Not a damn thing. Yeah, exactly. So... Yes, and our, our tens of listeners, our legion. And we appreciate every last one of y'all yeah exactly um but anyways if you like the podcast please rate review and subscribe um follow us on instagram at the dot all dot around or uh on twitter at the underscore all underscore around uh promising young woman comes out on vod this weekend so all right there's a a way we could watch that somehow um, uh, VOD, uh, VOD. Okay, there's yeah. definitely a way to watch it. So. Cool. Uh, so what? There's lockdown and promising a woman. That's probably what I'm going to be watching this week. Those are the two. Okay. What yeah. do you mean this week? Um, it is something. Oh yeah, this coming the this coming weekend, the yes. next weekend. Gotcha. Yeah.